0: A bit of a warning up front. Um, A recent Windows update borked all of my sound settings to the point of all of my sound drivers needing to be uninstalled and reinstalled again, and this has also had a pretty negative effect on my microphone and how it interacts with my recording software and Skype. I've, to the best of my ability, worked to fix the issues, but for a large portion of the following interview, my microphone's audio is a bit blown out, so apologies in advance for that. another special one-on-one interview episode of the SoxCast, a small and far too infrequent series of podcasts where we grab someone that's super cool and rad and find out as much super cool and rad things about the super cool and rad stuff that they do. So I want to start first by giving a warm welcome to today's special guest, international cosplayer, former ball host, advocate of many, 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 many good causes and the better half of Hashtag Team Fiber. It's Trixie! Hey. Hey, Hello.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Hey, thank you for agreeing to be on this train wreck of a podcast that we've been doing for five years.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I could make a train wreck here, I guarantee.
0: (laughs) We are all about train wrecks here. Like you you should have seen the episode we did with Sean Chiplock. Complete fucking train wreck. (laughs) But it was great, but it was great, but it was great. We love train wrecks. It's all about fun. Exactly. It's all about fun. We have a lot of that here. Uh I hope you're managing well with the world literally falling apart around us.
2: (laughs) Yeah,
1: um, I live in Ohio and we just found out that people are not taking things very seriously. We were given kind of a stern warning, just wear your mask, but no actual laws Mm -hmm. or people enforcing that. And I get openly mocked at work for wearing my mask the entire day. So kind of when I go into the work week, I'm like, oh God. Let's hope I survive this.
0: Oh, and that's the case for so many people right now. It's like, we literally live in the dumbest part of the country, I feel like. And
1: and I hate that too, because it's like, you know, if people were better informed, I feel like they would understand it's really important to wear a mask you want to live, right?
0: Yeah, living, I like that living part of life where you you, you live, that's pretty cool. If you ask me. I think it's yeah. pretty rad. <laughs> yeah. But thankfully you are COVID free and hopefully yeah, you now. stay that way.
1: Unless, unless I happened to get it at OhioCon. I might have, I don't know. <laughs> at this point we were possibly exposed to a few oh. people who might have had it. Oh no. Might have already had it. I don't know. But uh, but as for right now, I'm doing great, and I hope to keep it that way.
0: That's fantastic. That's fantastic. So, uh, I guess, before we get started and diving in, I guess we kind of want to throw some content warnings out, because uh, we are going to be, ta- like, even though the things that we're going to be talking about, there's a lot of fun and excitement in the world of cosplay and, and a lot of the other things that we're going to get into, but there's also kind of a darker side that's going to be uh, more touchy to discuss, so uh, what, what, what kind of uh, harder topics do you think we're going to be uh, we're hitting on here, because obviously there's sexual harassment sexual mm-hmm. abuse stalking um yep. uh, we could
1: talk about sexual assault too these are all yeah. things that sort of fall under the umbrella of you know i'm comfortable talking about pretty much anything when it mm-hmm. comes to this sort of thing because it's important for people absolutely to know that there are places to go and people can talk about this so yeah um definitely all of that um and i guess if we get into some of our favorite games mm-hmm. later we can we can talk about more specific you know warnings for those but yeah. <laughs> we'll get there when we get
0: there but, yeah, but, just, but like and, and that said like if that if that subject matter doesn't bother you like we still encourage you to stick around because the parts of this episode you know that might not be quite as fun uh, because there's a real opportunity for knowledge to be gained here I think and awareness that may not be out there uh, so like even if that stuff doesn't bother you i think that it's definitely important to stick around and we we need to sit under the learning tree as it will and and all kind of become better people i think
1: yeah i'd really appreciate it i like it when people you know want to be educated and you know sometimes people find our work because they want to learn more about what it's like to be on the other side because they're on the complete opposite side from what a survivor experiences so Correct. you know come here learn And in the meantime, I will tell dick jokes And in general, just be You know, a a fun person I guarantee I'm fun And I can talk about serious topics
0: Do you think farts are funny?
1: So, <laughs> funny you should mention, we were just watching Crazy ex <laughs> and it was an episode where they were discussing fart jokes, and, you know, it's being classic humor, and I think sometimes they're funny, and sometimes they're not quite the best joke for that time, well, yeah, it all depends on the context, it all depends on the timing. <laughs>
0: That 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 was like when when it, when, uh, when I do Twitch streams a lot of my a lot of my alerts were just farts and <laughs> that, like and we would always have random farts going off during episodes of podcasts and it's like the best thing but we're not streaming this so there will be no farts in your podcast
1: <laughs> <laughs> no streaming farts got
0: it no streaming farts no streaming farts we'll get along just fine <laughs>
1: Well, hopefully my cat won't fart in the middle of this. No,
0: hopefully you're... your cat will fart during the middle I of this. Mean,
1: you won't hear it. I'll just smell it and be like, Abby.
0: You will smell it, and I will laugh for you having had to endure that. I've been around some pretty rank cat farts in my day, and let me tell you, <laughs> how many yeah, so... how many interviews have you done where you've talked about cat farts?
1: I know, right? Like right in the open. <laughs> good. Perfect. I to talk about my cat. So fantastic that Abby is perfect
0: exactly that, that cat got some good blep good blep oh
1: yeah
0: good good oh good. yeah <laughs> so I, I first discovered you and your work uh, from my, my good friends Tom and Fi who I'm sure you know um, oh yes. they, they they started linking me your work for your Zero Escape uh, cosplays uh, and that's where I first started uh uh digging into your work and then like the more I kind of dug in it was just like oh there's like this whole advocacy thing going on it's like oh like this is a really really interesting person that I need to talk to oh, cool. and she also Thank cos you. she cosplayed freaking pilgrimage from Xenosaga episode 2 who
1: who else knows
0: pilgrimage <laughs>
1: very few other cosplayers I can assure you I was trying to figure out how they did some of the elements of it because she's Mm -hmm. got that like plunging back yeah it's also very defined so I was looking up you know who's cosplayed Pellegrin and it was like almost resounding silence and then one person from like I think the early 2000s right
0: right like it's in a saga is like that's like my entire jam so it's just like looking at your litany of cosplays it's just like have you like literally cosplayed something from everything I love? That's like the most amazing thing.
1: Oh, that's so heartening to hear because I feel like a lot of the stuff that I cosplay is kind of niche. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I get people who just you know I'm like, oh, I casually mention I'm a cosplayer, and they're like, oh, so you do like Princess Peach, Wonder Woman, <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> you know, well... not anything you would have heard of. Oh, maybe I have heard of it. Come on, tell me. <laughs> All right, let's go with like maybe one of the more mainstream Persona Five. I did one cosplay. Oh, I might have heard of that. Yeah, yeah. No, you
0: no, haven't, you didn't. Though. No. <laughs> yeah.
1: Don't don't even lie to me. But yeah, no, that's that's wonderful that you found me through that, and you know that that you could find all of what I'm about just from the cosplays. And Absolutely. My too, which gotta give props to my wife. She um, is the webmaster and. Um, she's actually been working on my site all day. Um, so, looked for some fun updates. We just got new icons.
0: Oh, nice. You have a fantastic site, by the way. It's slick as hell. So, my compliments to the chef, thank <laughs> obviously. You. Yes. It, thank you,
1: wifey. Yes, perfect. It's,
0: so, it's an awesome, awesome website. Just very easy to navigate. It's stylish as hell. It gets everything across perfectly. Yeah, you're doing a damn bang-up job on that thing. Oh,
1: thank you so much. Yeah, I wanted it to be really accessible in terms of, you know, just... If you're you're here for the cosplay, you click on the cosplay. If you're here for the dance, you click on the dance. If you want to find more about CSSN, we got that, too. So just a one-stop shop. And I feel like not a lot of cosplayers that I know have websites, and that kind of baffles me, aside from the fact that, like, sure... You know, some places it costs money to host, and that can be a hurdle. Mm-hmm. Some places you have to know how to code things, and that can be a hurdle. But there are also plenty of websites that do that for free or for minimal fee. And you can put all of your work on there. You can put every single thing that you've ever done. And quite frankly, I was convinced until you told me that you found me through the website, mm-hmm. nobody but me was using my <gasps> website. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we like- What panels did I do? When did I did I do this cosplay? Wait, when did I do that? Oh, I totally forgot that I did this cosplay. I gotta, you know, put that on whatever meme thing is happening now. So I use it as my own resource, I think more than to find other people. But it's a great place for people to come find me. And this just speaks to that.
0: Yeah, like, I, I, I run into the same issue in that I still host a personal website in the year 2020. And <laughs> that's a weird thing for some people to wrap their head around because everything is so social media driven or content management systems uh, and like that. And it's just like, no, I'm just I, I'm just a plain ass old website from 2005.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think it's important to host your own stuff, though, you know. Absolutely. Because social media, as much as we love and hate it is not going to last in the same form as it is now forever and you won't always be in control of all of your content so cosplayers if you're out there you're listening please consider getting a website and put your contact information on it and make sure that it's still up and running if somebody is trying to contact you you know for a podcast or some other project or you know even if they just want to say they like your stuff there's if there's no way to contact you that's easy and accessible and still up then you you're gonna miss out, and they're gonna miss out. So.
0: Absolutely, two words: establish, establish permanence. There you go. Yes.
1: Ooh, hashtag. There you establish.
0: go. <laughs> establish permanence. There you go. We can hashtag that.
1: Love it. Wish. I think so many.
0: So <laughs> many <laughs> more hashtags, Team Fiber. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I can't believe. It. Oh,
1: that's so good. It's,
0: okay, it's so it's good. Okay. All right, so. Trixie, let's pretend. Like you, you don't have to. You don't have to stretch too far for this one. Let's pretend I'm a total idiot, okay? What? What?
1: what? It's hard. It's,
0: it's hard. I, I know, but I need you to really stretch the bounds of the imagination for this one. Let's pretend I'm a total idiot, and I don't know. I don't know what cosplay is. What is that? What is that? Because 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 Steins Gate just told me the other night that a cosplayer is by definition a cosplayer. I love it. (laughs) So, what is this cosplay thing I keep hearing about?
1: So, Mr. Gate lied to you, though. (laughs) Oh, no! Oh, no! A cosplayer is a cosplayer. And honestly... When you think about it, <laughs> cosplay and you think that you're a cosplayer, you are a cosplayer. So I don't hate that definition now that I've, that I've had some time to think about it. But a cosplayer is a person who dresses up in costume as a character from any sort of work that's out there or your OCs or your D&D campaign, like whatever. You dress up as a character and you can either take pictures of yourself or walk around a con or... You know, just hang out with people. You can even just do it in your bedroom and nobody knows but you. And then you, you know, it, it is whatever you make it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why it's so hard to define sometimes for the people who are not cosplayers. So, mm. you know, you would think that cosplayers are limited to like, okay, people who go to Comic-Con and wear the superhero body suits. Uh, no, it can be your next door neighbor who is just kind of doing selfies of their dandy campaign character. That's cosplay too. Everything is cosplay. You come out of your closet wearing whatever pieces you threw together that you already own, you're a cosplayer. You, you know, mill your own grain and incorporate it into <laughs> a giant piece that it took you 200,000 hours to put together and turn it into a cos competition. You are a cosplayer. If you want to be a cosplayer. You can be one. You are one already. It's kind of like the concept of art in general. Yeah. If yeah. the intent of cosplay is to cosplay, then you are a cosplayer. That
0: That's a thing. But you know, I heard the same thing said about voice acting uh, just a couple days Wait. ago, and that like like people voice actors always get asked like what what do I do to become a voice actor? It's like, well,
1: oh, yeah.
0: say you're a voice actor and then start just doing it. <laughs> That's I mean, my, I feel-
1: <laughs> a lot of voice actors get asked that question at panels where they could be using their time answering other, you know, more interesting or questions. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I always feel like, why don't you do the research a little bit first? But I know that sometimes it helps for people to hear from their, you know, their idols, their the people that they look up to that, yeah, all you really need to do is get started. And sometimes hearing that from your favorite voice actor makes you go, yeah, maybe I will get started. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah, like I, I can... I can understand being uh, inspired by that. Yeah, like, that, that makes sense. That makes sense. Even though, yeah, those, those questions do drive me insane, too, when you go to the panel, and that's three-fourths of it.
1: Oh. oh! I really wish that you had thought of a different one, and I'm sure that the voice actors are, you know, they're always happy to oblige. They're Absolutely. They're always very, you know, polite and professional about it, but if I had the opportunity to speak with a voice actor at that sort of You know place i would try to think of something that's a little bit you know like oh so like you know when you were voicing this character you know what was the vibe like how how did the direction inspire you to do this scene or you know whatever it is like something just a little bit more targeted i think would be what i what i would personally go for but anyway
0: again Tangents are cool. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, so basically you're telling me not to ask you how to get started cosplaying. I got it. I got gotcha. you. Oh. I'll back off now. I'll back off. I got it. Oh, hey, no,
1: uh-huh. no. We got to talk about that because that was one of the first things that you brought up. So we're going to talk about it. Um, <laughs> I could start with how I got started cosplaying.
0: Yeah, we had a lot of people ask that question. Uh, Raven, Ra- Raven, I'm pretty sure Tom did as well. Yeah, a couple people asked that. So, like, how did you get started pre- cosplaying? Like, when's the first time you looked at a character and said,
1: Oh, my God, I need to be that. Oh, my God. Okay, so this story starts a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. <clears throat> Actually, you know, I, I was going to make that a joke, but I did really <laughs> love Star Wars as a kid. Uh, and I dressed up as Princess Leia for Halloween. But I have been a theater and dance kid for so long, such a long time, that being in a costume and being in front of people and wearing makeup and doing the whole zhuzhing thing Mm -hmm. has been pretty much my DNA. I love it. Uh, I will always want to (laughs) wear something fancy and get dressed up, and that sort of, you know, leaked into every element of my life. The first time that I actually experienced cosplay in person and, you know, in my actual was when I went to OhioCon two thousand eight. I was a freshman in college. I had never heard of cons before and my best friend at the time wanted to go to one. So I was like, okay, cool. And she decided to dress up as Toboe from Wolf's Rain. Oh, wow. And we love that series. I was like, oh awesome, you know, I can't wait to see, you know, what you do for that. And then in the back of my mind I was like you know, it would be really fun to put on a costume. I just, you know, I don't really think that I have a lot of the stuff that you would need to do some of my favorite characters. And I don't really look like a lot of those characters anyway. I don't have like pig hair or, you know, I don't I don't look like an anime person. So, maybe I'll just kind of go and wear my yukata and see how it goes. And uh-huh. and you know, that'll be fine. And so we get to the con and I see so many people in cosplay that just looks for 2008 amazing and I was kind of I kind of got the jealousy like oh I really want to be doing that I'm very envious of what you're doing here even though it's just throwing on a costume and walking around and Mm -hmm. you know even photo shoots were like not well known outside of the people who go to them so I didn't know that that was a thing either when I started but um so after that Whole con, I, you know, come home and I'm like, that was really fun. I want to go to another convention. Start planning to go to Otakon uh, later that year. And at the end of that school year, I started playing Ace Attorney. Um, and one case in, I fell in love with Mia Fey.
0: Yeah, I think we all did. That Yeah, absolutely. And then,
1: spoiler alert, <laughs> she died immediately. Immediately, <laughs> immediately. But more importantly... <laughs> I felt like I connected to her because she looked kind of like me. She had long, dark hair, and I was like, I don't need to buy a wig. Perfect. I don't feel like putting in the work for that. (laughs) I felt like I was a little limited, Mm -hmm. even though you shouldn't feel limited. You can do whatever you want, however you want. It doesn't matter. Um, But that's how I sort of came into it. was like, oh, I have to cosplay people who look like me, and there are so few characters. Oh, Mia Faye. So I did that. I went to my first ever Otakon. Wore her... I think all three days. Nice. Stinky.
0: Oh, no. Oh,
1: no! <laughs> I mean, it's one of those things. Well, at that I, point... I not very much anymore. I mean, at what, that point...
0: Heard. At that point, she's a corpse anyway. You're just... You're really getting into character. This is...
1: I go method. There you go. But I had gone with a good friend of mine, and we just sort of, you know, we thought it was a really great experience. And so from there, we kept going to conventions together, and I met a whole bunch of awesome people. And, you know, I didn't know that I'd end up living in Columbus when I went to OhioCon, but I'm really glad that that was my first convention because I feel like, uh, you know, deep ties to it, even though it's been through its severe downs and ups. Mm. So, um, you know, it's one of those cons that had a reputation for a while, Um, especially back when I first went to it. I was like, there's a lot of people drinking here. Um, I don't really feel like drinking. I'm underage at the time. So, you know, I was a little kind of like, what are these things that are the people are holding? How do they how do they throw these together? And this is what ends up happening. So
0: that's kind of like what cons were for a bit is like that's sort of the reputation they had sort of like in this general tri-state area was like teenage drinking party weekend is kind of the the gist that they were uh yeah
1: well i mean you know a lot of cons probably organically grew out of people saying you know this is really cool i want to get my friends together we're gonna hang out and suddenly it's you know, 25 friends, and then suddenly it's 1,000 friends, and oh no, now we have a convention, and yep, what do we do with this?
2: Accidental convention. <laughs>
1: right. I mean, you know, conventions don't just organically, like, they're, they're not set things. We we built this culture, so hang on to that kernel for later when I get into more CSSN stuff. They, right, right. They, they kind of built themselves up and I'm happy to say that Ohio COD, at at least as far as I've seen and experienced, is nowhere near what it was like in 2008. So I am happy to see them go such a long way. Amazing staff doing amazing things. Mm -hmm. So, Hooray! So that's how I got started cosplaying, which is probably, I don't know. It's probably relatable to some cosplayers, at Mm -hmm. least those who are interested in the arts in some way. Right. Uh, I have no idea how other people get into cosplay, though. I really don't. Like, do you sit there and go, I've never done this or made one of these in my life. I would like to jump into this person's shoes and be this character. You know, like, is is that... Is that what people do? I don't
0: know. <laughs> My first experience was, I was at a con. Someone had um, a Haruhi Suzumiya a Seifuku, and, well, they were, and they were like, well, I'm not going to use it. And I was just like, well, I don't know. I'll do it. Fine. And then it was like, wait a minute. This is actually kind of cool. Like, That's fun. I'm not I'm not me right now I don't have to like and that's sort of like this weird escapism that I sort of realized and then like the next year was literally like had an entire costume made by a seamstress friend uh, and everything was yeah that was that's amazing that's how I got into it but like you can yeah. you can get into cosplay any number of ways like and, and I feel that like it's something that, like, I know that I witnessed at the time when I started getting into it, but I, there was, like, this weird stigma against people that bought cosplay costumes uh, yes. or, or who did closet cosplays or things like that. And, There's like, is that, is that, like, something that still kind of permeates the... Because I'm, I'm not as much into it these days as I was back in, like, the mid to late 2000s. Yeah. Um, but is that something that still permeates, or is it, like...
1: I would say, yeah, you know, there is always going to be some sort of, you know elitist separation between the people who only make their cosplay Mm -hmm. and are really proud of their work. And that's legitimate. That's fine. But then the people who only buy cosplay or they make it from what they already own, like there, I feel like there is still a separation, but we're trying sort of as a community to come together and blur that line so that nobody really feels stigmatized for whatever it is. Although if you're being an asshole about, you know, wearing only stuff that you've made, then don't be an asshole. Like, I'm not going to say, you know, you're fine too, you're valid. No, don't. No, just, yeah. And then come join us over here, where we're doing the thing together in a constructive way.
0: Yeah, like when you've flushed yourself down the toilet a few times and ridden yourself (laughs) of all those toxins, then you may join us.
1: (laughs) Oh, God, yeah, if only we could... If only it were that simple, truly. But I think it was really interesting that you brought up the escapism aspect of Mm -hmm. it, too, because I think that, you know... That's that's a big part of it for me too, especially now, um, is you know the not being me for a little while, yeah. and that's that's fine. It's it's a psychological you know trip. It's fun. It's it's cool to not be yourself, and it's cool to have people recognize you as. A character, or yeah. you know, as something that they love, you know, like mm-hmm. from their favorite series and such. Like, uh, hearing that you found me through Zero escape is awesome because yeah. I love Zero Escape so much.
0: Yeah, like everything Katari Uchikoshi does is just magical oh, yeah. to me. So,
1: it turns to <clears throat> gold. Pepsi Man classic yes, Pepsi Man. Man. I think <laughs> there's a version of that that I believe is a swing. I'm oh, not sure. for real? Look back to my database, yeah. So I uh, I was trying to collect stuff for Fanime 2020, RIP. Oh, um, oh dang. Yeah, because it was, like, food-themed, and I was like, oh, Pepsi Man, that nobody be- knows this. I'll definitely have a great submission for them. That
0: would be perfect. Oh, yeah, no. So
1: they're pushing it back to whenever Fanime well, happens again. Well, yeah, I'm like, <laughs> <So> like, <laughs> that kind of yeah. Uh, so whenever that happens, yeah, Pepsi Man will come back out. But it's about the, the love of the thing, I think mm-hmm. and the the recognition that's that's really a fun part and a kind of a healing part too. So uh,
0: and to speak to that, I know that cosplay to you is a very personal thing. I've 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 read yeah, you know, some things that you've had to say about it from your own experiences and how you've used cosplay to sort of retake agency in things that have mm-hmm. that were taken away from you. And it's something that I didn't realize I did um mm-hmm. until I read that. Uh because uh pretty much all the characters that I have cosplayed myself have all been of that kind of femme fatal kind of uh person that will fuck your shit up uh because okay. they have the power to do so and maybe sure have have had things taken from them in life and they kind of can, can, cathartically lash out at it or have the ability to take this, the power away from the people that would want power over them and it's not something that I realized until I started looking at my own cosplays I thought, wow, I guess I do that subconsciously and I didn't realize it um, but but is that something you wanted to discuss about how you use cosplay to sort of empower yourself and to to
1: freaking lootly well, alright, let's hear it yeah, I mean that's I mean I love what you just said about your own experience realizing that that's what you've been doing too. I feel like a lot of people have a cosplay archetype mm-hmm. that they tend to gravitate towards. Not everybody, but most of the cosplay friends that I have I'll have, you know, I'll see a new image from a new video game or something. I'll be like, oh, my God, that's so-and-so. That's who so-and-so yeah. is going to cosplay. And it turns out, you know, oh, that's the one they're going to cosplay. I'm <laughs> right because everybody's got that archetype that, you know, that they really enjoy cosplaying. And I think that this sort of, you know, feeling empowered in it mm-hmm. is probably part of the process. If you feel like you look good and you feel good in that type of costume, you're probably going to gravitate toward it. Absolutely. So, let me rewind. We'll go back and we'll talk about the super fun uh, content warning stuff. So, yep. I cosplayed from like 2008 to about 2010. I had to stop around 2011. Um, I graduated college and then things just kind of went all over the place for a number of years. And I didn't really, you know, think about it. I was I was kind of harassed off the internet just a little bit. So I kind of hid and I was like, I don't know if I want to do this again. Um, so. When I got back to it, it, was kind of a shock to me that that was the thing that I wanted to do now. Like I want to cosplay now, but um, long story short, I was raped in 2014. It was really traumatizing in a way that I shoved down for a very long time. Didn't get help for for about nine months. I would not recommend you do that if that happens to you. Um, I would also not recommend Googling trying to figure out how people disclose. Uh, Although I feel like there are a lot more resources for that these days than there were when I was trying to find them, at least in our community with with everything happening with me, too. And oh, yeah. Yeah. Coming forward. So I feel like mm-hmm. now there's a lot better environment for people to understand that. But all of the rape myths that I had in my head, I was like, I can't possibly call the police. There's no way it would you know, it would absolutely destroy me. Like if I tell the people I work with, they won't believe me. Like, I just felt like I was completely cornered and I was, um, you know, taking a trip out to see members of my family that I hadn't seen in years that same week. So I just kind of dissociated for a while. But when I came back, I was already planning on going to Oticon, but I was like, maybe I should cosplay. I had played Tales of Exilia earlier that year and I thought that Press's design was so ridiculous. And in the back of my mind, I was like... What if I could do that though? Wouldn't that be oh. cool if I could do that? Just kind of in in the back of my mind on am mm-hmm. backwards sitting down, and um, so I put together the cosplay slowly as Otakon was approaching, and I realized um, part of why I love Pressa so much. And you'll have to read it in the side materials if you don't, you know, know what Tales of Exilia is, or yeah, if you only yeah. read really the main story, you probably won't know this. But Pressa is a survivor of abuse herself. Yep. Um, her parents were terrible. Alvin was terrible. Um, she was, you know, presumably tortured, presumably also sexually assaulted. I would imagine because the kind of work that she did was kind of, you know, a concubine-related um, yep. stuff. So I would imagine that that was a big part of her story. But she got out of it and she, you know, found a group of people who cared about the same things that she cared about. And until she, spoiler alert, very tragically and unfairly died. Mm. I think she's one of the most badass characters in the game. I I love Tales of Xillia, but I loved her more than anyone in the main party. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, you know, that is sort of my archetype. I end up gravitating toward the types of characters that usually, with the exception of maybe Tales of Berseria, are not the protagonists for a number of reasons. But, you know, they have dark pasts, like you were saying. They have reasons to, you know... To have an axe to grind because mm-hmm. they've been treated in one way or another, they've lost this or that, and that resonated with me, and I did the dang thing. <laughs> so I was really excited to, to make it and uh, to wear it at Otakon and sort of re-enter the cosplay scene in a more serious way.
2: Mm.
1: So, and prior to that too, my cosplay from like 2010 or t- 2008 to 2010 was mostly bought and modified, mm-hmm. barely any wigs. Only did I think one costume that I actually sewed from nothing, so it was you know kind of a big leap. If you haven't, if you don't know who Pressa is, I am begging you, please Google it because her outfit is
0: really rad.
1: It's it's very revealing and has straps all over the place. It is not an easy thing to make. It's not just like here's a shirt, here's a skirt. It is a full-on bodysuit with armor with. You know, a neck piece with boots that are impossible. Yeah. <laughs> um, quite frankly, I I need to make my, my second version of her, but I'm not quite ready yet to, to get into that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I bought shoes for it, and I was like, even these, these don't even fully it, it, it capture what her shoes look like. So definitely check that out. She's got these fox ears in her hair. She's got glasses that I ordered special from Zenny Optical. Um, and then had to put the bottom frame on because for whatever goddamn reason, anime characters always have the bottom the rim but- of the glasses. How do they do
0: that? <laughs> like, why is that always a thing? I, always, I swear that's gotta be like an animation it's thing.
1: It's it- definitely the character's eyes because they definitely want to get those across. And yeah. I think it's kind of either they consciously did it or they just kind of subconsciously made it a trend because then you do see the character's eyes. So either way, <laughs> that's a thing um, that I had to learn and do. And I made you know, the props I made, a fur tail, like, I I did the whole damn thing after not having done any of that for a good three and a half years, so, um, if you are ever doubting your ability, you are probably stronger than you know. You're
0: probably Um, underselling yourself, underselling yourself.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, don't take your, you know, your past abilities doing anything for granted, because I guarantee your experience. With anything will apply to cosplay in some way. Yes, math people, science people. Yes, you know, historians. It will all come into play at some point, um, and you know, help you bring out the best of you in your own cosplay.
0: And and, and that really sounds like what you got for for this for this particular cosplay as well. For it to to not only be just so technical of a piece to throw yourself into that, and it be such a personal journey on top yeah. of that uh that it was is... kind
1: of you know extreme a little bit but yeah. i was feeling extreme i was feeling like i had no outlet nowhere to go no one to talk to um you know who could possibly understand i needed a new community i couldn't be in the same community where my rapist was i could i just could not handle it right. so i had to find a way out and that was you know the most I don't know i I wanted to enter the cosplay scene in a way that people would be so impressed that they wouldn't try to fuck with me right um harass me because i had already known at that point that you know if i'm gonna cosplay this i was already catcalled as mia fey on the streets of baltimore back when Otakon was in baltimore rip Mm. um and i knew that you know i was gonna have to walk around with at least one guy friend the whole time i had this in my head that I would have to protect myself. And I found that through wearing press as outfit, what I thought at first was ridiculous ended up being really empowering because you are so strapped in. You look so mm, all to the nines mm-hmm. that people don't mess with you. Like if you have that confidence that you exude in those pieces that are a little bit revealing, that can be, you know, your armor yep. in a way so, I really think that, you know, people who think that titty armor cosplays aren't valid or bikini cosplays aren't valid, I don't think you understand why some cosplayers do what they do, whether subconsciously or consciously um, making those choices. So, back to the empowerment sort of thing. So, you know, some people feel empowered after that sort of experience by wearing more clothes. Mm-hmm. Um I think maybe this is a good time to get into Zero Escape just a little bit because Diana comes to mind. Yes! Um, Diana is in the third game um, mostly only. Like, she's just mentioned in the second game. So, spoiler warning for anybody playing Zero Escape, I swear to God, you do not want to spoil yourself. So we yeah. am going to be talking about Zero Time Dilemma very briefly. Diana wears full coverage.
0: Yeah, she the- is. Yeah.
1: You find out through the course of the game that, you know, her husband was abusive and, you know, that she experienced some sexual assault and all sorts of terrible, you know, emotional harm. Um, and she looks so frumpy in the game. And a lot of people, you know, just jump into it and they're like, wow, oh, my God, she dresses like a kindergarten teacher. She's so, you know, her style is disgusting. like, See, like no,
0: I loved her design from the jump. And I was immediately like, I want to be that. Like, that's yeah. awesome.
1: But it really, like, to me, personally, it spoke... I was like, she's covering something up, obviously. no, that's like the, the bare bones reading of any sort of design like that. But I was like, okay, so what happened to her that she feels like she has to cover her body? Is there something that physically happened to her? And when you find that out in the game, it's like... Oh, so she's one of those people who, yeah. you know, and through the course of the game, we, t- we have a panel where we talk about this Um, in, you know, the trauma and the zero escape series. Mm-hmm. Diana is not actually experiencing PTSD in terms of how you would, you know, typically diagnose it for an actual human, not a character Um, by the time that the game happens, even as they're going through traumatic shit. So she actually got through all of the stuff that she needed to get through to get to a point where she was, you know fairly content and you know she got out of that terrible re- relationship she got you know everything for herself in a healing journey um and then you know she decided that for her that meant wearing things that cover her up and that is valid as fuck absolutely
0: absolutely
1: I I love cosplaying Diana although she is definitely not my archetype at all.
0: No, not at all. <laughs> not like when I looked at she is one of those that jumped out a lot like what, something one of these things is not like the others.
1: Yeah, definitely. Well, like I mean, you know, look at me.
0: Probably exactly.
1: You would think Mira.
0: Mira yeah, is the obvious <laughs> choice, yeah. And, and you've done Lotus as well, so it's just like, those are the obvious picks for obvious reasons. But, but like, Diana is such, like...
2: Very
0: obvious like, like, Diana as a character is, a, a, like, even more so when I played the game, it was just like, okay, there's a lot I relate to here, and I really need to cosplay that character now. <laughs>
1: Yeah, she's she's really fun. I would just say make sure that whenever you get the shoes that they have support in them and that they don't rub against the back of your ankle because that is painful. I have to put band aids on. I've experienced (laughs) that.
0: I've experienced that. Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) Cosplay tips for Zero Escape cosplayers. I gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Well, the spoilers are probably over for that. Right. 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 Yeah, but you know whether or not you know a character wears something revealing or covering. You can still live your own experience as a survivor of whatever the fuck happened. Mm -hmm. Um, You can even just express that, you know, you've been catcalled so many times. You want to wear something where, you know, even if somebody does it, you'll be like, okay. (laughs) Yeah, like... fine it's your armor you'll be protected from you know feeling like shit you know for just walking down the street
0: and, and, and just exuding that confidence a lot of the time is enough to intimidate people to just leave you the fuck alone uh that, right. that that's some experience that i've had in the past is that in times where i have done something more revealing it's just like you'll walk by and you'll they'll go for it and then shut their mouth really quickly <laughs>
1: Yeah, pretty much. I mean, you get some awkward stares, but you kind of know what they're thinking. Yeah. Sometimes they do legitimately just want to take a picture of you, or right. you know, ask you what you're from, and that's that's legitimate, that's valid. I don't care if you don't know what I'm from, and you want to take my picture anyway. Like that's it's fine because I love this character, right. and I know that not everybody wants to cosplay only characters that they love or they do groups for friends um that's sort of actually how Pellegris came about oh. was I, I was doing a, a group for my friend Anne and she loves you know saga. so I was like I think I shall get into this for you and I shall make it for a group and then I ended up really liking the characters so it you know I feel like I have to have some sort of connection to the mm-hmm. characters but not everybody has to no, no for no. me. that's how I feel
0: best Yeah, but that's that's typically how my cosplays go as well. like, I need to feel some kind of connection, because for me it is an expression. You know, like, I I enjoy that kind of expressing yourself through someone else by becoming someone else for just a little bit. Get you away from the shitty world for a little bit. Yeah, definitely.
1: (laughs) I mean, you know, I I feel really comfortable talking to you about this sort of thing because I feel like we have a very similar philosophy Mm. in terms of how and why we cosplay.
0: Exactly. uh, Like, like, I'm a survivor of sexual abuse as well, so that's sort of why I I really relate to you on this level, is because I I feel that we use cosplay uh, and have used cosplay for a similar uh, retaking of one's agency.
1: Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you know, there's always going to be times, too, you know, recovery from these sorts of traumas is never a straight line. It's not even a wobbly line. Sometimes it's more like, you know, dots everywhere that yeah. sometimes connect and sometimes you gotta erase them and go another way. Um it is very nonlinear and sometimes I feel crappy when I cosplay and I'm like, I thought I would look better as this character and it just makes me feel sad. Um, Sometimes you feel better and super great and then you get out of it and you're like, Oh man, I got to live my real life again. That kind of sucks. So even though I feel empowered by some to most characters that I wear and relate to, it can be kind of a, a cautionary tale for anybody who wants to explore this sort of thing as well. Any survivors who want to use cosplay as a way to, you know, Learn more about themselves in their journey to healing. Right. Um, Just caveat a bit of a caveat.
0: Yeah, it's not like not everything works in the same way. It's it's the same way with any kind of you know going to a shrink or or anything. Like not all the advice is going to work all the time. Um, This is something that might work for you and it might not.
1: Speaking of that, I don't know why this came into my head, but I (laughs) would love to tell you the story. Um, When I did finally go get therapy for what happened to me, Mm -hmm. I. Went to an office that you know we called in and said, okay, you know these are my needs. Went to go see the actual therapist, and somehow the therapist had no idea that I was a rape survivor and needed that specifically. Um, oh. I think she just thought that I was a typical depression, anxiety kind of situation. When really, I'm over here in PTSD land, dealing with other CPTSD stuff that I hadn't realized yet. Um, so. I told her what happened, and she's like, oh, I'm so sorry. And then her advice was, and I shit you not. Oh, no. Not like, you know, here's a hotline. Not, you know, um, we can find something for you resource she was like, why don't you make a voodoo doll of, her, of your rapist? What? I can't even make this shit <gasps> up. <laughs> please, please make a voodoo doll. And bless her heart <laughs> like, <laughs> you know if you don't know what to do with a survivor who discloses to you and you're trying to get through it in a professional way I, I understand sort of where you're coming from but that was not the way that's, uh, that's, so, oh wow that's... I mean, I've had I've kind of an up and down and all around um, experience with therapy Mm -hmm. and trying to get through some of these issues and I I won't lie like it is still an ongoing journey it's every day can be different and uh, you know I don't think anybody who goes through this ever will get over it you just go through it in different ways different stages of your life
0: I noticed that I noticed that my journey through it is very similar to how I, how I basically handled my parents' deaths. Is that it's not something you get over, but you kind of just learn to yeah. live with. And then some days are going to be like, well, that's in the shitter. <laughs> and then other days are just like, hey, it's it's fine, you know. Uh, it's it's a day at a time.
1: There's that metaphor, the like room with the ball in it, and the Mm -hmm. ball starts off as huge, and everything sort of triggers your memories of whatever it is. And it's, you know, really upsetting. And then the ball gets smaller over time, and it's, you know, more infrequent that it hits on those triggers for you. And I think that's so apt when it comes to this sort of thing. And, you know, obviously I've not experienced what you have in terms of your parents' death, and that really sucks. Um, And it's going to happen to everybody eventually. Right, right. you know that sort of a thing too, is you know the grief will hit you sometimes real hard out of nowhere, and then you'll be okay for a long time, and then so that sort of dynamic is is pretty similar for yeah. for when you're recovering anything really, yeah. any sort of grief loss, um, surviving
0: yeah like like surviving sexual assault is the loss of something anyway so it it makes sense that it would be it would run parallel to how like death loss might work so that's sort of that's sort of how it it went for me obviously again not the same for everybody but like just through my own journey how similar those two things have been um yeah so we got heavy there
1: (laughs) oh (laughs) <laughs> yeah a little bit, little bit. Cool. I mean, I could you know get into even heavier stuff, I'm sure, but the you know i'm I can talk about it pretty comfortably now because I have done the work right uh, right, you know and Every, every year, it gets better. Every year on the anniversary of when it happened, is like you know I hold my breath a little bit. Yeah, then I remember it's Matt Mercer's birthday, so I'm like, oh, okay, there we go. Happy birthday, Matt! Like,
0: <laughs> like, like, take the bad <laughs> things in your life, but take the bad things in your life and overwrite them with good. Um, I think that that's always a good yep. thing to try and do. Um.
1: For sure, for sure, yeah. So.
0: <laughs> and uh, so. All right. So so like so so you make a lot of your own costumes uh, these days, right?
1: Yes, I do make, um... Painstakingly! The, the, the majority of them. Uh-huh. I'm sort of getting into a place, though, where obviously we're not traveling as much as we would for cons, because cons are all canceled. Right, um, right. So we're, we're you know, saving up for yeah. everything, and I'm like, I kind of want to commission something, or, mm. you know, buy it and modify it, sort of a mm-hmm. deal. Like, there, there are many ways to, to take the cosplay in that direction or in, in a direction that doesn't mean that I'm stressed out beyond my, you know, frustration point. Right, right. Um, in but yeah, but there are a lot that you can't buy or yeah. you can't modify from an existing garment because nothing that exists on this planet is even remotely <laughs> close to what that would be. And thank you, JRPGs. Just really
0: thank you. Why do you, you have to be so crazy with designs? Like, I can't just go buy those shoes at a store.
1: Do, th- do they have a round table where literally every designer for literally every JRPG is just sitting there going, okay, how can we fuck over the cosplayers? You
0: know? <laughs> the, the most impossible shit.
1: The wigs. I mean, I do have a lot of fun with the wigs, though. The shoes are always challenging. And yeah. then if the construction of the garment doesn't exist and you have to sort of, you know, Frankenstein pattern it together, it's always challenging. Right. So, you know,
0: so, 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 all over like- the place so 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 in making your own uh like like how long would you say that you've been at that and like what do you think are the skills that you picked up doing that that like you just kind of learned over time because like how did you come yeah. into this like like what knowledge did you have going in and like on the other side now like how how much do you think would you say that you've grown in that
1: yeah um <laughs> so my parents bought me a sewing machine when i was 8 and then i never used it <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's like my first that's like my first guitar. They bought a guitar, and I never used it and then I played drums
1: right i I just really I like to hand sew little dolls when I was young, so I would mm-hmm. hand sew them out of felt and fill them up with little pellets, and they'd be my own little characters that I would you know just sew myself wherever I felt like mm-hmm. in the house. I could just do it by hand um and obviously that. Set me up for some pretty great hand sewing skills, and the fact that it's kind of soothing to me to, you know, hand sew or hand pick anything. Just kind of doing that motion is is soothing to me. Mm-hmm. Oh, here comes the cat! Yes, here comes the cat. Are you doing scratches. Yeah, you are.
0: Kitty, kitty, kitty gets kitty, kitty gets a feature on this podcast. I'll be damned. Well, she she, go.
1: she is now biting the paper. Good job, Abby. Fantastic.
0: <laughs> one, of, one, of, one of our podcasters used to have a dog that would just incessantly yelp during the podcast and it was great so this is fine
1: it's about on par then okay I don't feel so bad But
0: yeah. oh the dog was way worse the dog was way worse because we'd try to ignore it and talk over it and that would just get funnier and funnier
1: oh my god yeah i mean like i'm i'm trying to wait for her to be done with my skill she has never bitten something like this multiple times what are you doing <laughs> do you need some catnip abby are you okay oh you're so cute oh goodness okay we might be safe okay so came in basically no knowledge of sewing beyond a class in middle school and um you know the hand sewing that i had been doing and i had to learn how to work with patterns i had no idea for a very long time what all of it meant and what some of the terms meant so i just kind of skipped those steps and then it ended up looking eh, a little bit less than (laughs) oops good um, you know, you learn that you have to iron things and learning interfacing. I had to learn buttonholes for that very first one that I did that wasn't 100% like bought and modified mm-hmm. back in 2010. Um, you know, I may, I learned how to make a hat. Um, and then when I jumped into pressa, I had to learn how to do 3d sculptural armor pieces oh, those wow! Were really like. They're very strange, so I actually ended up for, for the second version, whenever I end up doing that, I commissioned um, some 3D printed ones mm. um, that are actually way more accurate than I could have ever gotten on my own, because, you know, bless those 3D models that you can get in Tales of Exilia 2, where you can do the full turnarounds, do all the yeah. screenshots. shots and That's, everything. Um,
0: yeah, we need, yeah. More, we need more of that in games, I think. that that, that yeah, people, exactly. If we're going to cosplay from it, give me a 3D model viewer, please.
1: I need to like I need to be able to deconstruct the costume pieces because when I started in 2014, 3D printing was not really as much of a thing, if at all. So I was like, okay I got to figure this shit out. Um, I got to figure out how to glue the proper glue to the proper thing to get it to stick. Mm -hmm. And I got to work with spandex because for whatever reason I had in my mind that it would be pretty easy to work with spandex. No, it
0: is not. (laughs)
1: <laughs> no and it was further complicated by the fact that i had chosen to do bias tape with the spandex and this oh. is bias tape that i just bought from the store because i didn't know that i could make my own like binding <laughs> so i'm sitting here trying to put stretchy fabric onto non-stretch you know super coarse cotton fabric I was oh. like, oh god it was a mess uh, never again so i learned no. quite quickly <laughs> about that one um and wig styling too, I had no experience with that. I was so afraid to style my first wig. And, you know, when it came time to do Press's wig, I was like, okay, I'm just going to watch a few more tutorials on YouTube and then I'll do this. And I ended up watching maybe two before I was like, okay, I have to try this. And then I had to of course go back and watch them again and again and again to mm-hmm. be sure that I could get it right. So, but it really is about taking those risks and knowing that if you just go slowly and just cut just a little bit and cut up into it, then you'll be okay. Like there's no reason to panic over wigs unless you are, you know, you have no experience and you're planning to do some giant headpiece. With eight different, you know, yeah. Garments, so. like I, I have
0: no wig experience beyond I'm gonna, I'm a just buy that wig. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or, or I, I can color my hair. My hair is super long. I can make it work. Um, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but uh, too,
1: if you want to do that as a cosplayer? You go do that. That's that's great too. Mm-hmm. Um, what I decided to do, um, for a very long time was just use my natural hair at the beginning, and then when I was wanting to do press I was like I think I can finally give up the only using my real hair thing so I'm gonna do that and I'm gonna take a risk with this wig and we'll see how it goes so to this day I don't really cosplay anything that has my natural hair mm. So, mm. you know it, it makes it a little bit harder for styling the wigs but it makes it a little less hard and then I don't have to worry how it looks each morning when yeah. I like, you don't have
0: to worry too much about a bad hair day screwing up what you right. need to do at a con, yeah. Like
1: <laughs> everybody wears wig caps, everybody understands, so yeah. you know it's all good there.
0: Hey, right. so so speaking of of, of, of uh, your own craftsmanship, what's what's the hardest one? Like, what's the hardest one you've had to put together? Is Pressa kind of it, or like where
1: where <laughs> what? That's a great question, honestly. From <clears throat> The standpoint of what skills I had when I started Pressa to where I ended up afterward, yeah, I would say that's probably one of the most challenging ones. Mm-hmm. Um, I, so in 2016, I was making costumes for KatsuCon like you do and procrastinating on costumes for KatsuCon like you do. I ended up making four pieces in about the span of 40 days.
0: Oh, wow don't do that no that sounds like a bad idea
1: yeah it's it was bad and it was also the first time i was working with Warbla. it was the first time i was working with you know doing um applique like the oh, satin wow. stitching first time ridiculous in that batch of costumes um was cinder fall miharu from nabari no o mm-hmm. uh, maltran from uh tales of zesteria mm-hmm. and of course the first time i ever cosplayed velvet yes and (laughs) my kitchen was such a mess oh
0: my god
1: all over the place like this is before you know obviously i had a cat so i didn't have to worry about space or fumes or you know right i should worry about that i kind of just pushed aside but um i think i kicked my own ass during that process the second worst that i kicked my ass when i was making press oh god So it's really like a mix of characters. I wouldn't say that any one of them beat out the others because they all had their technical challenges. Um, and I'm still not happy with any of those pieces. Of course, you know, as an artist and as a seamstress, you kind of are always like, well, I could have done that better, but, um, you know, it it was really quite a difficult
0: time. <laughs> wow, that like in such a small time, like my mind can't wrap itself around doing four huge pieces like that in such a small amount of time. When when like I like some of mine have literally been like, okay, I've got like sixty days to do one, <clears throat> and we're gonna and we're gonna work on that one and hone it, and it's just like. Oh.
1: What? what was I doing? Like, what was I on then that, you know, aside from I was probably truly, like, not having a good time psychologically. Like, I was probably riding that wave of, if I work on cosplay, I don't have to think yeah. my feelings. That makes but a lot of
0: sense. Time. That makes yeah. a lot but, of sense.
1: Yeah, so, but cosplayers <laughs> out there, please don't do that to yourselves ever. Please just don't. I don't know what I th- thought that I was doing, but I set myself up for feeling like, you know, nowadays when I make only maybe one or two costumes mm-hmm. for you know every couple of cons um that i'm like oh my god i'm so behind these kids who you know throw on wigs and do tiktok videos all day yeah yeah. um i got i got an adult job and now i have cssn to take care of like those are big things on top of this and Mm -hmm. i need to you know make sure my priorities are where they need to be and plus you know for for a little while there i was sort of um, not really able to use my body the way that I was used to. So, you know, I was not able to pull the nearly all nighters to do mm. all the sewing work and everything. Was so intense. I was learning, you know, how early trauma had made me dissociate from my own body. And then yeah. when I came back into my consciousness, I was like, I don't like this. So I would like, go for weeks without like really moving and I stopped dancing for a while too and it was really bad. I, I can't even say that I'm fully recovered yet because I, I still don't feel like I'm you know, as active as I could be for where I am right now but it did take a while to get back to this point so I'm trying to be generous with myself but cosplayers, it can happen to you too so don't be disappointed if you have to make changes for your process because you can't work like you did when you were, you know, however young you were. I was Twenty-seven, <laughs> twenty-six, twenty-seven. I don't know. I think I was in that range. Yeah. Um I am thirty-one now. Proudly, I love being in my thirties.
0: Fantastic. So. I'm about to exit my thirties in September. So there you go.
1: Yeah. So, so is my wife. She she's um she's older than I am. Fantastic. So be, she's she's forty. She'll be forty-one next year, and I'm you know I love it. I love having the maturity, and you know. Just living our lives as the age that we are, because yeah. I feel like growing up, you would see a lot of people be like, "Oh, women don't tell their age," and I'm like,
0: Fuck "Yeah, you. <laughs> I, I do. Like, it's a fucking number. I don't care." Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, like, are you telling me, uh, you know, that you don't want me to know how old you are so that I, you know, don't make fun of you for being old? Because we're all gonna get old. We're all gonna
0: get. Yeah, like <laughs> this isn't a process you can turn off.
1: Yaya Hat is in her 40s, I believe, so like, you know, you you can't be stopped by age. If I was going to tell myself, you know, oh, I I don't want to cosplay characters that are way younger than me, then I would shut myself out for a lot of opportunities. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All the characters to all the things are pretty much like teenagers, so.
0: You cosplayed Boss. She's 42
1: oh i love that about her oh my god i love
0: she's she's the best character in that game i swear to god i love her to death (laughs) you
1: dropped this queen i love you (laughs) yes yes
0: absolutely like when when we when we i played that game the first time i streamed it blind and the first time we met boss i was literally like there's the queen we found her (laughs) there is no contest the rest of this game cannot compare to this woman
1: that is so funny. I feel like a lot of people who knew me, and who were, you know, Uchikoshi fans, mm-hmm. uh, when Boss was announced, they were like, Dude, you gotta go look at this design. <laughs> I'm gonna sue for rights, because she looks a lot like yeah. you.
0: Yeah, yeah. a lot of her look is very natural uh, to, to, to you, having, yeah. Like, it, it was really shocking, like, how...
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like, I was like, should I use my own for, hair for this? And I was like, Nah, fuck it. I'm just going to style a yeah. hair. Um,
0: yeah.
1: But her hair is also just a tad bit lighter than mine. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I I, dig the the color scheme that was going on. So I was like, let's just let's stick with that because, you know, my hair is not quite black. It's very dark brown. So when yeah. it, it's next to black, it looks, you know, a certain way, but it would be next to red if it were on my... Anyway, that's just my... <laughs> <laughs> I love Boss. I love that she's 42. I will tell everybody. Um, and actually, fun fact, I am just about the canon age that Lotus would be
0: in the oh. timeline of
1: things for, you know, 999. Oh, that's so cool. Yes,
0: I love it. <laughs> I love so it like, when little things like that add up. That's so cool. Yeah,
1: and actually about the same timeline for Mia, too. So when, when right. she is... Came like canonically in the world timeline. I was like, I made it. You did it. I (laughs) beat (laughs) you (laughs)
0: away. I don't know if that's awful or. It's fun in a a morbid way.
1: Yeah, you know. uh, know, Well, and in a morbid way too. Like, I've been depressed. I've attempted suicide. Right, right. it, It is kind of a celebration to be like, wow, I'm. I did I, not realize that I was going to be this old. What do yeah. I do
0: with my life? Yeah, if you would have asked me when I was twenty if I'd still be here today, I would have told you straight up no. So I relate, one hundred percent, one hundred percent.
1: And it sucks. It's it does. It, it does feel that way, and you know. So tangent again. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, for whatever reason, we decided to break out my high school musical DVD. Oh no. <laughs> So like not not High School Musical the the production the show the Disney thing
0: your High School Musical
1: High School what we did we did Beauty and the Beast one year oh. and I loved it and it was you know it was one of the best productions I've ever been in so mm-hmm. we just decided to watch that and um, on Disney Plus actually there's a show called Encore which is about recreating your High School Musical with you know the people who are in it now you know oh, as wow. Our, now that you're older. And it's it's a really fun show to watch. It's really amazing. And something that I thought about when I was watching yesterday was, you know, that person on stage, that's a 16-year-old who has no idea what's in store for her, the good and the bad. And, you know, just thinking back through all of that, I was like, I really wish that I personally could go back in time and reassure myself and coach myself on how to get through all of this.
0: I mean, don't we all? But. Yeah, like I, I use that energy to to help others uh, yeah. who might be in that position. That's that's sort of how I've chosen to to deal with that. It's like I I can't change my past, and I don't really much care about regrets. So I'm gonna take that. I'm gonna take that knowledge, and I'm gonna pass that on to somebody who, if they come to me, I'm going to give them the best advice that I possibly can. The, be- the advice that I would have given myself in that situation. Like that's that. I think that's a really cool way to pass things on.
1: Absolutely, what you do is so important. You know, these kids yeah. need to hear. A perspective from somebody who's you know been through some shit so yeah, yeah so that, I mean that's part of why I love owning up to my age and I love you know cosplaying any character any age you mm-hmm. know um, I've, I'm sad to say that I haven't done an older character yet but there are not a lot of older female characters in video games at no, least that hard. are main characters so um i think they need to get on that a little bit but like, not that there's anything wrong with cosplaying an older male character but i think i would probably relate more to right you
0: know, right
1: old kane right yes yes yeah so i mean that was that was you know an inkling in my mind at one point i think now i've sort of gone to other characters mm-hmm. a little bit more but i would really love to just straight up go you know old makeup one thing that would be just
0: do it yeah like it, it, it's kind of like just trying anything for the first time it's like that that's interesting it's like it's kind of like when um the, the last costume i had commissioned was actually for a guy a character and i in no way identify i know in no way identify as a guy um mm-hmm. so it was kind of an experiment for me to see like okay um is this going to be weird for me and like and then it's like oh look this is fine this in no way invalidates who i am at all like i can literally just be whoever i want and still feel comfortable in my own skin that's a really yeah. cool like so that was like a really cool thing to find out about myself and not you know, like and again found out through cosplay this was like oh I can go in, and dabble and so, dabble in something a little more masculine and it not be an issue for right? me like that's really cool yeah, shit I,
1: I love that I love that yeah and you know for as many booby ladies as I cosplay um, I have also cosplayed Rokuro from mm-hmm. Tales of Virginia and I fucking love it so I love good.
2: him he's so he's good he's like,
1: he so tangent again Tales of Berseria time Um, I knew I was gonna love Velvet from pretty much the moment that she was announced (laughs) I had a bunch based on her design I saw that character
0: design and I was like that game's probably gonna be good
1: (laughs) yeah right like I had seen it and I was like oh this is not a typical tales protagonist what are they doing here she's gonna go through some shit i'm here for it yes so i pretty much had automatically decided yes velvet number one and she's still my favorite character of anything ever and probably always will be just just guessing um but then when the game was actually released um and i hadn't really spoiled myself for too much of it i just tried to go through um you know the japanese playthroughs that i could access and sort of see if i could, you know, spoil myself for certain things because the game does get pretty traumatic for Velvet. And oh, it does. Yeah. There are parts where if you are if you need content warnings, you're going to want to know about these things beforehand. Not to speak of the ending, because we're not going to talk about how, <laughs> how shitty that
0: went. But, That's, um, that is a dark game that surprised me with how dark it went for a Tales of game, because Tales of games are typically meant to appeal to the masses, and they don't really go too dark, and that game went fucking dark.
1: You know, I think maybe by then they realized, well, with the last game, I think everybody just kind of... We tried to appeal too much to yeah. everybody, and um, we're still not getting the reach we want, so why don't we just say fuck it and go pretty dark with this one, because... Nobody's here anyway, unless they really want to be. So let's let's go for it. Let's just shove a woman into that role too.
0: Ooh, that's that, like I think it was a brave decision. Like I think that yeah. there's a lot of really smart uh, decision making and and having the confidence uh, to put a woman at the front of that package was uh, I, I thought really because it's always like the guy that goes through the tra- the trauma and is the one seeking is on the path to revenge and or like,
1: if it is a woman. It's usually like, oh, you know, she was raped or, you know, her her parents were murdered in front of her eyes and now she has to, you know, like it's very, it's usually very like, "Mm," like in your face. And there is almost always sexual assault.
0: Yeah, almost always. Yeah.
1: So they didn't do that, which was great. But it was still, you know, enough of an allegory for me that I could really draw from Velvet's experience and really bring it to her. So, you know, too. I had the most amazing experience actually meeting the producer um, in real life at New York Comic-Con 2016. I had already had the cosplay done for 2016 KatsuCon because I'm crazy. And I decided to just go off what reference images I had available, Mm -hmm. which for the back was very blurry and not actually what it ended up looking like. So, um, but I had the costume. So I volunteered to do uh, the booth work for New York comic con and I got to meet the producer for tales of Berseria and in the translated way that I could thank him personally for sharing this story, because mm-hmm. I knew even if I hadn't played it, you know, a million times, like, you know, I, I've played every quarter of that game. Now mm-hmm. I, I knew that it was going to be very, Important to me for the rest of my life to see that. Um, Especially, too, you know, there are not protagonists like this. There just are not in so many works, especially video games, especially RPGs. You don't see a, a velvet anywhere except for velvet. And I feel like if I had seen her, you know, a long, dark haired girl who felt like, you know, who's really not all completely right in some traumatic way that I when I was younger didn't really realize yet um if I had seen that I probably would have you know had a a richer life for it at that young age so Mm. I I love that she exists I'm so grateful that she exists um but then so when when I went and played it myself I had no idea that Rokuro was going to be Rokuro I thought that he was going to be just like every creepy guy, every Raven, because that's what I thought. Works. Like I, I literally when when the cross came out and was dubbed, um, they had they had some choices in there at the very end skit where he's like, you know, offering to go get a drink with her, and I was like, oh no, you don't nah. fuck with my mm-hmm. Velvet. Like mm-hmm. I was so like protective of her already. Mm. I was like, nope, this guy is gonna be the worst. I know. Yeah. And then you play the game, and he is actually. Kind of the best.
0: Yeah, just. Uh,
1: but now I find it so funny that the content that I had like so rejected because I was like, no, she needs to go on her own healing journey. I'm like, right. oh no, I love this pairing. I ship the fuck out. Of this yeah, pair. it's it's,
0: it's a damn, damn good ass. pairing. I mean, that that whole cast, that whole main cast is just it exudes family in a way that not a lot of uh... not a lot of uh, game casts do. Um, like, I, I kind of put.
1: Bearded too. Yeah. I. Yeah. So.
0: Like I put Brissaria like pretty close to uh, Falcom's Trails series with regards to that kind of warm humanistic writing where you don't really feel like you're playing with characters. They feel there's an element there where this feels like a lived experience and somebody is writing it through these characters for some reason. That is kind of like the genuine experience I got from Tales of Brissaria as well as like the Trails games. Is that there's just a lot of warmth there. Um, It it makes us. They're so good!
1: I know, I gotta play them!
0: So much!
1: Everybody tells me, if you love, you know, specifically Berserio, you gotta play it. And I'm like,
0: yeah. uh,
1: alright, I'll I'll do it. And then I keep pushing it off, because Stardew Valley, so...
0: Yeah, well, hey, we we all got our own poisons, right?
1: (laughs) Absolutely, but... So yeah, it definitely is um, a different group of people than you would experience, even in any other Tales game, I find. They really... We're a found family, and, I mean, I, I don't make the rules. Nobody in that game is straight. I just know <laughs> it's so I love that about Tales of Berseria, canonically. Rokuro is canonically bi, yeah. by the way. Like, some people don't know this, but there's a line in there that in Japanese is a euphemism for being bi, because, yeah. you know, he's he dual wields, mm-hmm. okay? He likes sweets and alcohol. Yeah. That is... Like a euphemism for being bisexual. And the way that Aizen reacts is Yes. Like when I when I realized that, I was like, Oh, they uh... actually did need to do that. Okay, cool. Alright. Yep. That's that's fine. That's whatever. It's whatever. Cool. I am in love with this man. So That's <laughs> so good. Like I i just I love that game so much. So I had to cosplay Rokuro at some point. Yes. Because I felt like he also embodied, you know, um, somebody who's on the other side of the journey of healing Mm -hmm. from trauma. Yes. Um, He comes across as very much like, oh, I'm I'm a demon now. Nothing from before matters, but he's very emotionally intelligent too. And the way that he sort of, you know, can cue into how velvet's feeling before she even does in the early parts of the game is like, oh yeah, I needed that. Like, you know, I, I really love the way that his character comes through and cosplaying him as a male character when i typically don't cosplay male characters was like it, it's amazing it, it felt really great and organic and i actually felt so comfortable even though he has about eighty thousand layers oh yeah i was
0: gonna say like that's so many layers i bet that was just smothering at some point
1: oh my god and the fact that we we bought it from um a seller in china and we didn't like actually make it ourselves mm-hmm. with organic materials it's like kind of <gasps> oh, polyester.
0: Oh, oh oh lord but but we all... do it for him. <laughs> exactly. Do it for him. You've got the little poster board up and everything. You've got the notes on it. Yeah, do it for even him.
1: Yeah, or better, just, like, all the art on my wall. <laughs> oh. I could show you. I'll, I'll show you later, maybe. <laughs> sure, sure.
0: Uh, wow. Said,
1: yeah. It, cosplay, is, it, it gives you so many different ways to to learn about the characters that you already love i yes. know you know they, they always say like you know walk a mile in somebody's shoes well you literally get to if you're cosplaying yeah you're yeah literally gonna walk probably 10 more miles than you should in those shoes yeah yeah <laughs> i don't think i've <laughs> and ever you have, like the intimate experience of like you know you put on their clothes you know now how they put on their clothes and how they take them off which for fanfic writers <laughs> yeah obviously yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think about that all the time. I laugh. Um, yeah, you, you like you, you are, you know, embodying the character, so you can explore all sorts of feelings, gender, you know, how you express yourself, how you hold yourself, how you pose in pictures. Yeah, you know, all that sort of thing. So, it's
0: great. Yeah, it's good. It's nice. and yeah. nice, nice and freeing. So much positivity. So much positivity. Yeah, yeah. Bruh, and, bruh. um it, 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 it's not all positive well, like, okay. uh, but you know yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> my, my next project that i really want to do uh mm-hmm. and that i've started working on a little bit is actually mizuki from somnium bio Yo! Yo! yeah you wouldn't think at all though like I that's not who you would think that i would cosplay but there Be- you have it best so,
0: best daughter best daughter
1: oh she she's there's, absolutely the best there's, there's and there's i no... feel like for me that experience The way that I make the costume, the way that I'm going to portray her when I do photos, when I'm, you know, posing in group shots or whatever, um, I want to access the part of myself when I was that age that I feel like I lost. Mm. Um, Early in the game, you know, you go through her and you heal her trauma or whatever to get her to speak. And that's, you know, a really condensed version of what can happen. Um, I feel like when I was around that age was when I started to really suffer from some, you know, complex PSD elements of, you know, my home growing up, my parents fought constantly, and it was a lot more emotionally um, not okay. Yeah. I had for many, many, many years until I was about 28, and uh, sort of came to the realization, oh, my parents you know, are people and they are deeply flawed just like any other person. Mm -hmm. And I see now, you know what happened and now I have to go back in time and sort of heal myself and give myself, you know, the attention that I should have had the encouragement that I needed to have in a different way than was being shown. You know, they, they do the best that they can. They love you the way that they can, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's enough to help you to make you feel safe Um, To help you be the best kind of person you can be when you are an adult. So I really want to cosplay Mizuki because I feel like I will, you know, regain a part of my past too. So you know, it's,
0: that's that's really you know, touching. That's 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 really touching and again, like the personal way that, that you approach cosplay is a very inspiring. Like I really really like hearing about that. And especially since it's best daughter. Anyway, so.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, she's she's honestly the best. I feel like a lot of cosplayers that I've seen do an amazing job posing her and really showing her as like a young, energetic, awesome kid. And I want to do that too, but I also want to show like the deeply vulnerable side of her yeah. where, you know, her parents are emotionally oblivious abusing and neglecting her and, you know, bring out what I can speak to from my own experiences in that work and see, you know, how I can, you know, give it my own twist. I I have yet to cosplay a 12-year-old,
0: but,
1: you know, it's going to be a challenge with these chisel marks from the uh, harrowing experience (laughs) that is life, but... (laughs) But, but it's,
0: it's, it's a it's a it's a it's a fun challenge, and the reason that you're doing it for again, super inspiring. I know that like, Karina Bodiger who who voices uh, Mizuki, actually cosplayed her as well. Like I thought that was yeah, really cool. she's so cool. She is I such a chill me. person. Like I've hung in her streams quite a bit, and she is just the most yeah. laid back person. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and she just, like, she really gets excited about the art, and so does uh A-Sett's voice actress. Like, I love yes. seeing their interactions with fans. I think that's really great. Yeah. Especially since it's such a small fandom, you know? Mm-hmm. So. And I'm going to learn that dance, too. And gonna oh, man. I'm going to everybody I know.
2: There's so much. It's so lengthy.
1: Yeah, Ooh. it is. Um, it was a lot longer than I thought it was going to be because the previews were, like, here is this brief dance that's just like one verse in a chorus. Oh, okay, cool. I got e. it. And no, no, no nope, <laughs> longer. But since I have been a dance teacher and I do know you. how to teach, you know, those certain things, I figure at some point I gotta get all my cosplay friends together and we're gonna fucking learn that dance and we're all gonna do it just for fun. Just, just fucking do it, oh. damn it! <laughs> Give me space, Con in some place, I don't know. Like I would love to just have like a let's learn how to do the dance panel.
0: Exactly.
1: <laughs> so do that one dance.
0: You're touching on dance and you yeah. you you are a formal ball expert to 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 I guess that's how I would put sure it. Cuz cuz see I have all the grace God gave a one-legged giraffe. So I've never I've never once attended a formal ball at any uh, oh. convention or anything because it's like, wow, that's the least me thing in the world. Uh, so well, what what goes into this? What is what is a formal ball? Because uh, I've never been to one. Like, yeah. what is this about?
1: Well, so, so, <laughs> so. First of all, I'm so sad to hear that you didn't feel like you could go to one. Um, <laughs> but second of all, not all of them are good. So, oh no scared yourself. Um, so when I host a formal ball, I come with a playlist to play.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I host it. I have the microphone. I make announcements. I, you know, I put up, you know, I put together slides with the help of my wife um, to show what dance it is um, when the song is playing. And then I also teach lessons beforehand. So if anybody doesn't know how to
2: oh. do actual
1: social partner dance they can learn and you know try it out and practice for themselves on an actual dance floor Um, sometimes it is just carpet yeah (laughs) you do what you gotta do um and you know not all formal balls are like that some of them cater to a more prom audience or what people feel like a you know a fancy ball is and that's okay too i mean people get dressed up and then you know just kind of do the two-step you know just like the Frankenstein dance that you did in middle school um you know and and that that's okay um I like to cater to people who do know how to ballroom dance um Mm. and that's not like you know competition length um things here like you don't have to be a pro or even a you know a student to know um how to to navigate the floor any social partner dance however informal that's awesome i think it's a really cool way to connect with people to meet new people to learn outside skills um i mean if you're going to an anime con Mm -hmm. chances are you're probably not going to learn a lot uh in terms of like educational things. You might learn a little bit of culture, but for the most part, I feel like people aren't there for that. But if you see something like, oh, dance lessons, that could be fun to try. I've seen several people come to my lessons specifically and leave um, saying they were really interested. And a few people actually pursued learning ballroom and social partner dance outside of that atmosphere because they thought that it was you know, a really great time to, to do something that they wanted to do for a while, but they didn't really have a chance. And ballroom is also kind of inaccessible. Obviously, the competition levels are really expensive, and Mm. when you get up to, you know, when where you see the pros, where the idea that people have of ballroom dancers, like Dancing with the Stars and stuff, that is really Eurocentric, Mm. very white mostly. (laughs) Yes. Um, White people who then over tan, so that's problematic in and of itself. But they're also very just very rich (laughs) Um, lessons alone are very expensive they're more expensive than my lessons were growing up doing tap jazz ballet lyrical in my home dance studio um, because you know you need a partner too and it's usually more one-on-one or private lessons than it is group lessons because you're learning more doing a private lesson if you're heading toward a competition or any sort of competency level in your skills knowledge so I think it's really important and what my philosophy is i want to make dancing with other people not scary and as accessible as possible and you know overall just kind of relate to them that you can like ballroom dance and anime and nerdy things Um, in fact when i went to college i had no experience with ballroom but i thought it sounded cool so I went to the first lesson. I learned a little bit of East Coast Swing. I was like, awesome. And then two days later, anime club happened. I walk into the room and I see the same group of people that was just teaching me a few days ago. I was like, am I in the right place? This
0: crossover here? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, and they're still some of my best friends to this day. Um, one of them even lives down the street from me when it's not the COVID times. Oh, so, wow. Um, yeah, like it was really, it was a great experience and I feel like it solidified the need for this sort of intersectional, you know, interest thing coming together yeah. um, in, in more elegant words than I have at, at the current time. <laughs> 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 But yeah, like I feel like there are also a lot of people who go to anime cons who feel like they're socially awkward, who want to meet people but don't feel like they can. Mm-hmm. Dance is a language. Dance is a language in and of itself, and learning how to lead and follow mm-hmm. um, is really a cool thing to to do. And and you can communicate with people just by doing that without even speaking. So um, obviously you'll want to you know be polite and have some etiquette. Well, yeah, yeah. But if you if you're non-verbal, you are nonverbal, you do not need to know how to, you know, communicate other than the dance moves. And I think that's pretty cool. And then also, you know, there are are, um, people with mobility needs with, Mm -hmm. you know, all sorts of like uh, learning disorders. And um, so I've been trying to work that into my uh, plans more to have like an accessible lesson for, um, you know, I have some people who are autistic and they have a hard time learning in a group setting that's usually very packed. They usually give me like the broom closet. Oh, no to do most of my lessons in. So it's always packed because Mm -hmm. people always think it's really cool to learn that sort of thing. And that's great, but not so great for the people who need a little bit more one-on-one time. So I want to try and, you know, build a little bit of that inclusivity as well as, oh my God, (laughs) the ballroom world is so heteronormative. Oh
0: yeah, yeah.
1: The reason why I felt like I had to quit my studio other than many reasons um, was that a lot of the stuff that they were doing was very gendered um, and it Mm. was very, you know, again, heteronormative. I didn't have a lot of you know, the female students didn't really want to dance with me at parties and so, you know, my bosses thought that I was just being lazy at parties and I'm like, no, they don't want to dance with me because I'm a woman and they don't want to dance, you know, with a woman. They want to dance with a man. So that's kind of weird, especially since, you know, I was a little bit more closeted toward them because they are um, Russian, so Mm. you never know. Yeah, Um, But You know, I'm bi, so I'm, you know, I could fit in with the hetero crowd and not really, you know, discuss it. But when I realized that, like, this is not true to how so many people are, and I had never seen a gay couple come into the studio and take Mm. lessons, you know, like, I just felt like there is a gap here, and I'm starting to explore, you know, being out about where I am in the community. So mm-hmm. I want to give an opportunity to everybody um, to to be a leader or a follower, not the man leads, the, the woman.
0: woman follows. Right, right.
1: So I always want to emphasize in my lessons, like you can do whatever you want. Um, we are not going to use gendered terms. We are going to say leader follower. Um, you know, ask for your partner's pronouns if, you know, they don't have, you know, something that indicates um, on their badge or whatever. Like just, just being polite and being considerate for people who are not, you know, heteronormative. I think that's really important because you are never, never, ever going to see a number one in the world ballroom dance partnership that has, you know, two men or two women or heaven forbid, a trans person. Right. Right. Floor, exactly. You can't have that on the dance
0: floor. No. no. That's... What is
1: that about? It's terrible. <laughs> Ugh. So.
0: Speaking to that... Not to
1: expect it, a formal ball. That was just basically... Oh, me telling God. Me.
0: Yeah. Just that.
1: But. Yeah. Um, so, you know, what I try to do is give different, like, different dances to you. Like, I'll play a waltz, I'll play a tango, and I'll show that on the screen, and people can dance the waltz, people can dance the tango, or you can just get on the floor and dance however the heck you want, because all of my selections, almost all, I should say, not every single one, um, is from, like, some sort of nerdy thing. Anime, mm-hmm. gaming just like nerd culture in general, J-pop, we're moving into K-pop territory now. Mm -hmm. Um, Just all sorts of different music that um, you can dance to that people don't necessarily know. Oh, you can do a cha-cha to this song.
0: Oh, Uh, nice.
1: Cha cha was before. And, you know, trying to to get them to understand, oh yes, your very favorite anime throwback, Excel Saga's uh, (laughs) theme song, (laughs)
0: Cha-Cha. Oh, God, I'm just imagining that now. (laughs) Because I love that theme, and I'm now imagining a cha-cha to that theme. Blowing Blowing my fucking mind right now.
1: So, I mean, I love to have fun with that sort of thing. I also studied music in college, so, you know... Music is a very big part of my life, even if I'm not performing anymore, really. Mm-hmm. Um, not that I wouldn't perform, it's just that, you know, growing up, yeah, you have a lot more opportunities to do oh, yeah. extracurriculars wait, uh, wait. than you do when you're an adult.
0: I had time to be in bands when I was younger. I do not have that luxury now.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'd, I would have to pay for voice lessons again. And that yeah. kind of, no, that's my cosplay uh, budget.
0: That's cosplay budget.
1: <laughs> Which is legit, you know, that's fine. But, you know, I I think it's really important to relate the music to something that people who are already at the convention center for that they can say oh that's really cool yeah um, and unfortunately sometimes people misunderstand that as me you know catering to only dancers no no you can dance whatever the hell you want you can stand on the sidelines for all i care you can take pictures with your whatever you want to do when you're here Mm -hmm. is fine by me as long as you're obeying the dance floor rules and you know staying out of the way of people who are doing the traveling dances like it's it's not that hard um just you know pay attention Mm -hmm. um And, you know, I I, want to make sure that the people who are experienced are having fun, but you can also come in with no knowledge of anything and listen to the music and have hopefully a good time. So that's the way that my formals are run. Other formal balls, um, you know, sometimes they have prom DJs.
0: Yeah, yeah, that seems like like that's kind of like the that like when they when I'd heard balls mentioned, that's kind of the um the 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 impression that I got. It was like, "Oh, it's kind of like prom." Well, I hated prom, so
1: Exactly. I hated prom too, and I keep trying to tell people in our community and I've I've had this conversation with people um black and white ball is probably the industry standard right now for mm-hmm. what I would consider to be the best formal in the whole entire nation, possibly even the world who knows of anime cons because they put a lot of effort into it. They put, you know, the same amount of care that I would put into my playlist into theirs. And, you know, they have lessons, the whole entire con, a six hour event. It's fucking cool. So if you ever get the chance to go to fanime, black and white ball, whenever that happens again, (laughs) I will be there. So come, come take lessons with me and we'll dance together.
0: That would be Um, fantastic.
1: I started having a conversation with those people about, how prom gives the wrong impression, because obviously you're teaching ballroom dance. We don't want to tell them that it's a prom and then people show up doing gold level moves and they're like, where did that come from? Wow, those show offs. No, we want to give everybody an equal opportunity, first of all. Second of all, again, hated prom. Exactly, everybody,
0: who wants to not, be reminded of that?
1: No, nobody, pretty much, especially queer kids. Exactly. So being one of those myself, I literally, I went with uh, one, of, one of my good friends who, was bi at the time but he's he's really gay and he was just in the closet Uh so you know it's it's kind of funny to me that my my prom date (laughs) is with a man and i am with With a woman woman, Yeah. (laughs) who knew i wish i wish we all could have been a little bit more out back then but yeah yeah um, but that's that's why it's important to have these events um that are not centered around prom prom also makes people think that they need to have a romantic partner um, to go to prom, yep. and that is not the case for social partner dancing. If you go to a, a social dance party anywhere in the country um, in a studio setting, you don't need to show up with a partner. You can come by yourself and still dance the same amount if you are you know, on the edge of the floor looking like you want to dance. If you sit in the back and don't look like you want to dance, nobody's going to approach you right. like you're Prince and you're Cinderella and, and magically you ride off into the sunset in, in a pumpkin. Like That's not... What's going to happen at a realistic social dance? You want to have the skills that you can use in the outside world and in a way that, re- you know, you can relate to somebody else that's not necessarily, you know, words only. Right. So um, prom is oof. Yeah, <sighs> I don't I don't like when conventions have anime prom. And I try to very strongly discourage conventions from using that while also whenever I host one, I call it a formal dance or a formal ball or a formal party or something like something that just has formal to indicate yeah there's a dress code just because you know who doesn't like to get fancy yeah
0: like get fancy come on doll yourself up
1: yeah like for the most part I'm building out of existing events that were just formals that were a little bit more like prom and now I'm offering the whole spiel of the lessons will be reflected in the playlist if you danced waltz you will hear a waltz song that you heard in lessons on the playlist like comprehensive kind of putting it all together um, deal so some conventions also have a setup where it's like a four piece, like a, a quartet, like a, a string quartet, and mm. they provide the music and that is always tricky because first of all <laughs> the musicians can't always hear each other in a very crowded and loud room. I and s- then if they can't hear each other then you can't hear them or you know, you're gonna hear yep. it very little and it's gonna be you know, whatever. And then there's also the fact that a lot of music that people think is like fancy time music is actually Viennese Waltz, and the Viennese Waltz is a dance that you are not allowed to do when you're a newcomer, when you're learning ballroom dance. you got to wait... I think usually a year or a, at least until you progress to bronze to learn that mm-hmm. and can, that because it is not an easy dance It's the one it's a twirly one you see in Anastasia.
0: Oh, okay. 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 Of
1: December. Everybody requests it I always have to turn them down and explain hey I don't want to play that because there will be people who come to my dances who know how to Viennese waltz And if the floor is as crowded as it usually is somebody gonna get hurt
0: so. <laughs> Bodies are flying
1: hopefully not because lifts are illegal <laughs> <laughs> I have a whole story about that too but I can't say it on air anywhere <laughs> Under-
2: <laughs> understand I
1: mean I could tell you personally if you want to cut but um but yeah but the, the idea being that you know um I, I just want to keep everybody safe Yeah. safe number one and then fun number two um, and they're both very closely related. If you don't feel safe, you can't have fun.
0: Exactly. Um,
1: and even if you feel safe there, not everybody might feel safe there. The whole inclusivity deal, we need to make sure that we are including all sizes, all ages, all races, all genders. We have to be very inclusive in our environments or else people are not going to feel like they're invited, even when they are. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah. Like it. at all. A and, little more accessible. And speaking to that inclusiveness, and, and speaking to making people feel safe, uh, it's, this is something you're very big on, um, mm-hmm. which is which is why we, we can finally move on to CSSN. Yes. So what is what is CSSN?
1: As of a couple of days ago, an actual official LLC. Yo, what happened? <laughs> Woo! Yay! It's taken almost four years for us to get there, but um, finally we've saved up enough and gone through the process to uh, become an LLC. So that's exciting. But for those of you who don't know what CSSN is, it stands for the Cosplayer Survivor Support Network. What does that mean? Cosplayers who are also survivors of sexual assault, abuse, harassment, stalking—you know, bullying, any sort of thing like that. Um, cosplayers who are also survivors Mm. and a support network for them that's the deal (laughs) um it started as mostly catering toward cosplayers but as it grew we sort of realized that we got to involve the entire convention community because again like you said safety is really really important to me um especially because i came back into the world having been raped having been catcalled and knowing how uncomfortable that made me Mm -hmm. um you know just Feeling like I had to warn people if they wanted to start cosplaying. Like, you want to maybe just be aware that you might be harassed. Like, just, you might be harassed. Just be And isn't that, that, isn't
0: that, it. isn't that shitty? Like, that's so it's shitty that we have to, you have to say that. Like, this really cool thing that I really love doing. Also, someone might try to grope you.
1: Yeah. Yeah, or take an upskirt, you know. Or take, like, it. oh, ever... God.
0: Oh, man.
1: Oh, yeah. That's fucked. It's terrible. That's so I mean, fucked. But that, I hate that it's our reality, but the fact is that by the time you know, 2016 rolled around and things in this country in particular were starting to get a little fucking dire. Yeah. Um, I will say CSSN was fully birthed into my brain on the weekend of um, New York Comic Con. I was sitting in the lobby eating my breakfast in Velvet's cosplay not the wig just yet but Mm -hmm. in the cosplay because I was getting ready to to go and be on the floor Um, and I was watching on the television how they were talking about you know you know who, President Trump um, you know being proud of sexually assaulting women and I just remember thinking oh my god I'm about to go on that convention floor and I know this con is way more crowded than any other convention I've been to I'm probably gonna get groped I'm probably gonna get harassed today yep what the fuck is anybody gonna do about it? nothing because they can't cosplay is not consent yeah that's not working buddy that's not really doing jack shit so um what is going to be done about it? Oh maybe I should be the one to do something about it and sort of like the heavens like just oh. like, hey, yeah. and I was like oh this is my purpose um, in a very strange but you mm-hmm. know comforting way i was like this fucking sucks and i'm gonna do something about it this fucking sucks and i can do something about it." exactly all i need to do is get started and so on the day of the election results
2: oh god i
1: started i started cssn proper with the page and everything so that's when it was actually born um and you know that was my pledge to do something about it and that was before me too happened Mm -hmm. which Obviously, I owe a lot of our success and our ability to talk about this even now to the movement. I mean, it has allowed people to come forward. It hasn't solved the problems because that's not what's going to solve the problems. We were just trying to get, you know, more attention on it. But the fact that that became a thing the next year, um, especially due to the political climate, was like, you know, it was a godsend in that we were starting to find people who needed the support Mm -hmm. and who wanted to know more about what they could do to prevent others from being survivors too in the, in the best way that they could or give resources to those who are survivors and struggling. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's, that's what we do. That's what we're here for. Um, We are going to start our paperwork to become an actual nonprofit shortly. So, you know, we're, we're becoming more and more legitimate by the day. COVID has done a lot of shitty things, but um, it has also given us the opportunity to sort of organize and move on on things that we've been sort of waiting on because you know we still go to conventions we still cosplay we still yeah. you know do all of that stuff and then doing a non on top of day job and cosplay is can be a little challenging that's a lot especially when, when you got to fund it yourself like yeah we, we needed seed money so where was that going to come from? You know, our own paychecks and you know small donations along the way. But now we're we're opening ourselves up to slightly slightly larger donations for what we're about to do with the nonprofit. Um, so yeah, um, CSSN.
0: <laughs> I'm I'm so like you mentioned that the possibility of becoming uh, an LLC to me the other day, and just to know that that actually happened is like the coolest shit. Like I'm so happy for you. I could not be happier.
1: I'm so honored. <laughs> Yeah, it really is um, something that we've been waiting to do for a long time, and kind of dragging our feet because it is, you know, it's hard to balance all this life work stuff and yeah. do this. On yeah. But we need we needed to, you know, take a step because it's become just so clear, especially in the past month. I feel there have been so many more <sighs> people coming here and sharing their stories, um, and that God, 2019 was so rough in our community 2019 was when Vic was you know exposed for you know all these allegations from all these survivors speaking up and and speaking toward what he had done um please get covid (laughs)
0: yes (laughs) please (laughs)
1: Yeah, apparently he had some sort of, like, signing or something like
0: that. Yeah, it's like, please get it. Please. You and your entire cult, please get it.
1: (laughs) It really is a cult. And I feel bad for the fans who just, you know, if they were a little better educated, would understand what was going on. They're being taken advantage of, too. Oh, absolutely.
2: you
1: You know, sure, obviously the survivors need help. Obviously, you know, anybody who's ever been harassed needs help. But the people who are on his side and don't understand why we're speaking out about this sort of thing. Yeah. They, they need some dire help and I have no idea how we reach that type of person. Yeah.
0: Like it's, that's not one I've been able to figure out.
1: Yeah, no. But you know, that's, that's the challenge of our community is, um, largely like how do we keep predators who are known predators out of our conventions when conventions policies don't specifically state, you know, that you can report, somebody who hasn't, you know, on convention grounds done something to you that you have reported Mm -hmm. um, and get them, you know, away from you. Like there's, there's just no good way to do it legally speaking right now. I would love, I would love to be able to kick out all of the predators and stalkers and people who have been, you know, abusers of their significant others. I'd love to kick them all out of conventions forever. Fuck you. But at the same time, I realize that like, you know, that's not going to, solve all of our problems there are still going to be more people who are going to do it anyway we are never going to stop the problem no there are always going to be people who assault and harass and stalk like that's we're not going to stop that but if we educate people who are at risk for becoming an offender that's a good thing yes so any opportunity that we have to be a teachable moment is like i'm going to snag that and and try to incorporate that into what we do yeah um
0: Mm-hmm. And you have uh, report cards for conventions on how they deal with these things Kind of run us through that. what is the report card? How does this work?
1: So um, I also work with an upli- the uh, organization called uplift mm-hmm. uh, uplifttogether.org, and they are fantastic. They've been around for since 2014 I believe that's about six years now um and they were on youtube dealing with you know sexual violence in youtube communities and the predators creators taking advantage of their fans which is still happening yeah um like seriously i saw allegations like yesterday i can't believe this shit is still happening but they inspired me um they were looking to see what other conventions had policies and what those policies were like So I was like, I'll take on some of that project. I'd love to show you the conventions that I've heard of or that are popular in some capacity that I know. Um, And I started going down that rabbit hole of looking at their policies, and I was somehow shocked to find (laughs) that not only did most of them have poor policies, but a lot of them had no...
0: No policy at all. Oh, my God.
1: ...whatsoever. Horrifying, right? So Allie helps me put together... um, this page that's that we call the report card for uh, harassment policies and it's basically just a a large database um, based on six criteria of how you know it does your convention have the bottom line minimal precautions that you can have to keep people safe from the worst case scenario when it comes to sexual violence you know assault abuse stalking that sort of thing Mm -hmm. so you know you can go to the website yourself and check it out i i don't want to like repeat myself too much but the idea is that it has to exist it has to be accessible it has to you know um, list what to do if staff is the problem yes. because a lot of policies also have been like go to staff okay what if i am not able to physically go to staff from whatever just happened to me or you know i'm shaking too bad or i don't feel safe going to staff i don't know who staff are staff you know might be friends with the person who just assaulted me like there are so many reasons why we need to hold staff and con chairs very accountable yes um everybody guests should be accountable the staff at the venue should be held accountable although i know that's a little trickier with contracts but the idea is that we want to create a space where everybody acknowledges "Mm, yeah harassment and sexual assault and everything in between is fucking bad Let's give consequences to the people who are, you know, doing the bad thing and then encourage a culture where that doesn't happen. Right. Because, because, Simply because people don't feel like it's the thing to do, you know? Like, it's not cool to harass somebody. Not because cosplay is not consent, because I hate that phrase. That is
0: a really (laughs) dumb... It's not a policy. It's just four words that put the onus on the cosplayer being the issue here. And it's not... That's not.
1: Absolutely. That is like, that's such a big part of what I'm pushing for right now, especially on like Twitter conversations. A lot of people are mistakenly thinking that they're helping when they say, Oh, if, if you feel uncomfortable, you can come to me. I'm, I'm a safe person at this convention. If you need me to stand with you, um, you might mean well, you might. And in some cases you might've even helped somebody who was struggling. However, Predators use that language, too, to get yep. people to their web. So you're covering predators when you say that sort of a thing. If you say, you know, I'm a con mom. I'll take care of you. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to post a call-out post for this guy who, you know, cat called you or something at the con. Nobody interacted with this guy. Well, you, you met well, but, like, you're not putting the convention in the range of accountability for exactly. what happened. You are saying, okay, each individual is now... Accountable, and the same thing with, you know, um, there are some organizations where people are like, here's a ribbon, like you, I'm a safe person, you can come to me. So the thing is that anybody can get one of those. Uh, anybody can lie to get one of those. You don't have to have a certificate or training or qualifications of bystander intervention or response to disclosure, etc., to get something like that. They just want to do some good in the community. And I get it. You really think that you're doing something good. You are a safe person to go to if somebody feels like they can't go to anybody else because conventions policies suck. Right. Right however again we are moving now to another mercenary system where you are now responsible for your own safety and health when you don't reach out to somebody who has that sort of you know thing it's the same thing with like not reporting like i didn't report when i was raped i also didn't report when i was sexually assaulted at katsukon once um and i don't think that at that time they had a policy either that or it was so not well known that it was not something that even occurred to me like that that was within the scope of what they could help me with because they probably couldn't they're probably not qualified to handle that so you know um it's it's really important to make sure that the conventions themselves are held accountable for the behaviors of the people who attend and grow them um and participate in any way in the convention and that includes online experiences I'm looking at you, Facebook groups.
0: Oh, pages either oh, official or unofficial. oh, there's, there's some fire here.
1: Yeah. Oh, my God. The things that I've seen on those Facebook pages and not just from community members who are, you know, looking to start shit or whatever, like from moderators too, people who are posting on behalf of the official convention, having shitty PR, first of all, but then willing to say some of that shit to some people who are from marginalized communities I mean, I've seen every kind of racism, sexism, transphobia, homophobia, fatphobia, ableism, you name it, I've seen that shit happen in groups where it's not taken down, nobody's held accountable, and who even knows? That person might go to that convention and, you know, not be banned, and how do we you know keep track of who's banned? Oh, well, you know, it's easy. they're banned on Facebook, like, uh, okay, right, yeah. but are you going to actually follow that through and make sure that they're banned at the convention? where the person who they called, you know, a slur is going to.
2: Right, no, right. No,
1: problem. Um, that's another problem, too, is lists. It's really hard to, you know, get the predators out of our community, get the bad actors out of our community, um, because lists are a legal tricky point. Yeah. Um, if you have a list of people who are bad, um, they could sue you. And then you are out of money, and you did it all because you were trying to do something good, but it's not gonna help um, very much. But we need stronger moderation, please, please. If you have a convention group, unofficial or official, you need to make sure that you have similar rules to conventions harassment policies. Like, please, know that people online are going to stalk and harass people in your group. Bottom line, it is going to happen no matter who you are or what you represent. It's going to happen. You need to be prepared for that. You need to make sure that if you post um, a black cosplayer, that you are on those comments. Oh, God. God. They undergo the worst harassment in the community that I've seen. Just every yeah. single fucking page. Yeah, like, day. Just
0: any day. time they post literally anywhere, it's, Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah that...
1: but, like, big pages do it, and then they don't, you know, moderate the comments section, so it's just N-word, 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 yeah, and... N-word, N-word.
0: And it might as well what? be like like uh, yeah, doing nothing at that point is just compliance. Like you're you support this. Like that's that's the only thing I can get from that is if you're not taking care of that shit, yeah. you just support it.
1: Mhm. But, you know, people who in positions of power don't always want to see it that way because if it doesn't happen to them personally, it doesn't exist. It's not a problem. So, we're here to tell you it's a problem. Take care of it or I'm going to post about it on my page. The other thing, too, about CSSN I want to mention is that our report cards are drawn from publicly available information. Yes. We are on your website. We are looking for your harassment policy. If it doesn't exist on your website, it doesn't do us jack shit any good because nobody else knows that it exists. Nobody knows that there are consequences for somebody, you know, violating that code. Mm -hmm. So what good is it? It's not good at all. It doesn't do anything. You need to make sure that the information is out there. And I'm not gonna like go to your staff and say, "Hey, is there a room I can go to to be, you know, isolated from people? I was just, you know, stalked by somebody, and I need a, you know, a space to be in with somebody who I can disclose to that's trained in this stuff. You know, I, I'm not gonna go up to them and find that information if I don't know that. I'm not gonna fi- feel comfortable reporting it at fucking all, at right. all. Bottom line, I need to know that it's there in order to be able to use it. Correct. So, very passionate about this and in particular. Yeah, it. But, like,
0: and, and how often do you find it that, like, when you uh, approach con hosts, per se, about these kinds of issues for an open dialogue, like, what are the chances of you actually getting through to somebody or, or, or them actually wanting to listen, and rather than just, you know, not even paying you the mind at all? Like, what are the odds?
1: So, honestly, it's a little hard to gauge because I've had. All the responses. Right, <laughs> I've had all of them. Um, I feel like we always start with saying, "Hey, you know, we have a report card, and on our report card, your score is this out of six. Mm-hmm. It is this because." you don't have these things in your policy and um, you know we we love your con or you know if it's if it's something that we've actually been to or support we're like you know we really want your convention to succeed and be safe for all of your attendees not Mm. just cosplayers that's why we're you know bringing this to your awareness because we never want to assume malice we don't want to assume that the convention is automatically like well fuck people who get harassed I don't care handle it yourselves they probably just grew organically out of something smaller and didn't realize that there was a need for this until now in this day and age when people are feeling comfortable talking about it um, or at least slightly more comfortable than in the past. So we have done some like one-on-one outreach like I've emailed personally whatever staff member makes sense. Um, We've you know approached whatever general info section of a convention. Um, I've had chats with actual con chairs who are you know, from smaller conventions and they want to do right by their attendees. But I think that one of the most impactful things that I've been able to do, and I'm so very privileged and lucky that I've had the opportunity to do this, so if you are also privileged and lucky, consider your power and using it for good. When I guest a convention, I tell them straight up right before you know I say anything else. I say, if you do not have a 6 out of 6 or better on your harassment policy, you I will not go to your con. I will not guest your con. And they always go, we'll look into that. And then they always come back with, thank you so much. You know, we looked into that. Here's what we're going to do. And they, they upgrade their policies. It takes just that. Usually they usually have no idea what's wrong or how to fix it. And we tell you what's wrong and how to fix it. So it's very simple. Usually now you are going to run into conventions who have willfully ignorant people or even con chairs who personally harass or threaten you. Yeah. And they're not going to want to comply with any of that. Um, but for the most part, I feel like, you know, people are noticing that the times are changing. If other conventions have updated policies, then they're probably going to want to update their policies to stay with the trend. Like, even beyond doing the right thing, if it's the thing that people are doing they're more likely to do it. So we're trying to encourage as many conventions as we can to update their policies. Now last year, of course, with everything that came out, a lot of conventions approached us um, personally and they would email us and be like, you know, what can we do to improve our policy? Or we saw that we had this score. We recently, you know, improved it. Can you take a look and make sure that we're not missing anything? Or can you give us our new score on the actual report card? And that's great too. Yeah, That's been really nice to see cons actually reaching out and asking the questions. And the other thing too is that we don't provide their um, harassment policy for them. We don't work with them to build that. That's more of uplift's thing, which is why I I love working with them as well. They can do the training for staff and volunteers, Mm -hmm. and they can help you shape your harassment policy to your convention's needs. it's just a matter of you know sliding scale. At that point, how big is your convention? How much do you have in your budget to you know work with them and create an atmosphere that really says that they care, they give a fuck about yes. their attention because they they want to upgrade their harassment policies. So, um, really important, cool things are happening, um, and I'm really happy to say that what we're doing has influenced a good number of conventions um, to update their policies. When we first started. Only two of the conventions listed on our page of, what maybe like a hundred at the time, um, were, you know, even close to the six out of six. So we've come a long way. Mm-hmm. Um, we are looking actually to get graphics made for an updated version. Our harassment policy report card right now is like it's in the process of being updated again mm-hmm. um, for 2020 um, to to make sure that everybody is properly represented, um, and and we want to show in like a pie chart or something, very graphic, how many conventions are not succeeding in the bottom line? Mm-hmm. And when I say that, I mean like, you know, this is the bare minimum that you can do for your attendees. You can also straight up offer resources. Like we have a, you know, a room that you can go to if you've been sexually assaulted and we have a professional on hand all weekend for anybody who needs their services you know come to us report you know like encouraging them to do that um, conventions can also do things like have ahegao bands, which is great um, yes conventions can find ways to you know be very involved in what their attendees are experiencing and sort of curtail you know we got rid of yaoi paddles why the fuck can't you have harassment policies
0: but like, really? but like, like the last con I went to as uh, so a fellow wanted to follow me around with an "it's a trap" sign, and I reported this, to, I reported this to to the to the staff on hand, and they th- we'll get to it. Um, and about an hour later, I had to push this guy up against the wall with my forearm to his throat to tell, telling him that I would not mind putting his putting his teeth in the back of his skull if he did not leave me the fuck alone. I shouldn't have to do that.
1: Never had to do what the fuck? That's fucked up.
0: It's terrible.
1: So, so he they- needs. <laughs> Specifically, say because people think that that's just quirky and funny shit that you do in the nerd community because cons are liminal spaces where you get away with bullshit you don't normally do in your daily life Um, we need to specify yeah um, you are not allowed to use slurs like that um, and and follow people the fuck around like there are consequences for that shit why they didn't help you just
0: Just beyond beyond me yeah
1: unconscionable we should not in the year 2020 be at this point when we again have banned yaoi paddles what the fuck
0: <laughs> it's, it's and i feel that like w- with covid right now shutting down pretty much everything yeah. i think i feel that like we're, we're at a point where it's a fucking gimme like the circumstances could be yep. better but with like things like you the fight with the fighting game community with the, the smash community speed running community streaming in general everybody's starting to throw out the trash
1: yep a this is it and um, it's great to see but it's like <laughs> now is the best time if you're not doing it exactly are doing it
0: yeah like and what you ask like the very bare minimum of that six point report card it, there's nothing there that is hard to implement
1: no, not really. I think the, the, the hardest to implement is probably the last one, which is about, you know, ways of reporting, like having a phone line or something or an email, um, and ideally having an anonymous way to report, even if it's just like, you know, after the con, like what, you know, did something happen to you? Let us know so that you're not personally facing repercussions just because of who you are or because of who the offender is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, that can be a little bit challenging for conventions that are small. But, again, I've only guested small conventions, and each and every single one of them has complied and offered up resources for people that are beyond just go to staff. And that's really encouraging to see. So, you know, I wonder why more, like, voice actor guests don't do it. Because they could really have a lot of pull.
0: They they have a lot of pull, because, I mean, they're some of the most treasured guests in this industry. I think, um...
1: Please, voice actors, if you're listening to this,
0: please. Please, like,
1: a contract. And I've met several very <sighs> wonderful voice actor guests um, mm-hmm. when I've had the opportunity to guest who are interested in CSSN. And you know, I know that contracts sometimes prohibit you from doing or saying or supporting this, that, or the other, yeah. and that sucks. But if you have the opportunity to tell a con straight up, I'm not going unless you update your harassment policy. You are going to save so many people from so many ills, and yeah. you know, you're going to change the culture. You are the change if you do that. Yeah, it's so important to, to use your power for good, especially yeah. men. Just cis men, please. And
0: especially, yeah, I, I think that like, if anybody stands a chance at being heard, unfortunately, like, you know, you have that platform though. Like, you, you, seriously,
1: you, you have yeah. the fans too. Like, you can do right by your fans. Yep. who, I guarantee some of them are survivors of sexual Absolutely. Sexual
0: Absolutely.
1: So why the fuck aren't you doing it? Hmm? Why the fuck aren't you doing it? Somebody's gonna get harassed in your autograph line. What the fuck are you gonna do about it?
0: Yeah. So. I think you know, that these I are
1: less less chill about it every it's a, year.
0: I understand. Like, believe me. Like, I I'm with you here. So it's, it's yeah. I get you. I get it. I fucking get it. <laughs> So so so, is is there like before we move on? Is there anything else about CSSN that you would want us to know that we haven't touched on?
1: Um, yeah, I I can talk a little bit about our upcoming accountability page, um, for inclusion, diversity, all of that. Let's hear Uh, it. So, yeah. Obviously, not just COVID is happening right now. There are protests all over the goddamn country because black lives actually fucking matter beyond memes, beyond a hashtag, beyond a black square. Um, Again, I've said, you know, I've seen a lot of racism toward black people specifically Mm -hmm. in the cosplay community. Every single fucking day.
0: Every day, and, yeah.
1: You know, it might be because I follow a lot of black cosplayers, but you should too. If you're not seeing this shit on your timeline every day, I mean, yeah, sometimes you need a break from the depressing reality that is 2020. Yeah. 20- <laughs> <laughs> but you really should be, you know, keeping an eye out for the people who are in marginalized groups who cannot, you know, fend for themselves. It's really fucking important to have the representation and have the safety there for black people, specifically. Other people of color, absolutely yes. You know, trans people, disabled people, any kind of person who's in a marginalized community, yes, we need the protection. But right now, we also specifically need to look at cons to see if they are including black guests, black industry people, black, you know, artists. Like, we need to go and tell them, you have only had to black guests over the last five or however many years. Like, this is the percentage of black guests you've had to all other kinds of guests. Yep. Or this is the percentage of black guests who are also plus sized that you've mm-hmm, had compared mm-hmm. to all other years. It is going to really fucking blow some minds. There was an article uh, recently that Anime News Network put together of some very large conventions. And I believe that the statistics for 2019 were that only 2% of guests were black. Oh my God. Um, for just that year. And I guarantee if we go back further for every single fucking con, you're going to find that that percentage either stays about that same or goes down. Because there were probably not that many black guests before Black Lives Matter started up. I mean, really, we don't have anything in the nerd community that has as much weight as, you know, even Cosplay Is Not Consent did. Like, as much as I hate that fucking phrase, you see it everywhere. Yeah. Why can't we do the same thing for black people? It's ridiculous. So in the spirit of that, and in the spirit of the fact that we do have a platform that people do see, um, we wanted to make sure that we started this project, um, and pretty soon we're going to have uh, a submission page where you can help us out. You can fill out, okay, this con in this year had these guests, you know, mm-hmm. a, whoever they are and we can do the research on the back end just provide us a link and we'll verify everything and make sure that it's publicly available information whatever you can find from years past um, and it can be challenging because the the websites for anime conventions that list the guests and such they are usually excluding the cosplay guests they're usually yeah all the other kinds of people who they invite to be in the professional atmosphere. Um, you know, who are the con chairs that are black really? Like, do your research. Like we, we really want to know what conventions are stepping up and what conventions aren't. And if they haven't been, are they improving? And by how much? And you know, show them that they can be more inclusive. There are pages out there, um cosplayers of color, I believe, is the at of one of them on Twitter. They have a page that they started, a web page that is hosting um, black cosplayers and other um, cosplayers of color who want to be guests, who have experience in you know, doing masquerade judging and doing competitions and whatever you want for your cosplay guest. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, I feel like we should also broaden what a cosplay guest or what a community guest is and does because I feel like we're limiting ourselves a lot by just saying, you're a black cosplayer, come be our cosplay guest. Do cosplay 101 panels and judge the masquerade. Um, Yeah, but maybe they also are a DJ. Like, let them have their own fucking thing there. Maybe they, um, you know, teach dance lessons. Like, do their own fucking shit Um, in the most professional way possible. (laughs) Um, Just bring in people in our community who are doing things for our community and are black, are a person of color, are trans seriously we need to see the representation from conventions and we don't need to see conventions say well if you want the representation you got to let us know you got to reach out to us." no fuck you no i'm going to show you how much you haven't been representing people and you can decide whether or not you're embarrassed but now that people know they're going to use that information and decide where they're going to put their money and you are going to be held accountable for what you've done you know in terms of your representation it's it's going to happen and it's publicly available this is not anything that you could sue us for we are telling you straight up this is what you have this is what you've done how are you going to you know make a change for our community for the better exactly so next project gonna happen soon we sort of launched right into the llc thing as we were talking about that page so Mm -hmm. it's it's been a little bit of a process to get it up but it is very important to us to get it right and um, we also have made a pledge of about 40 things that we are going to start, you know, asking conventions about like what, you know, what protections do you have for trans people mm. you know, specifically, like what in your policy protects trans people from, you know, hearing slurs. Yeah. Do, do you have anything? Why not? Like, you know, um, our, our investigation deepens and broadens and we are very excited and also understand the responsibility that we have. So...
0: That's Someone's that's that isn't that that that's going to be an incredible piece of data uh, to look at when that's all put together. I think uh, and it's gonna. I, I think that it has to open some eyes to what we're ignoring and what we're willfully, what we've willfully kind of turned this little section of nerddom into and how it can be improved. It's it's. Yeah. I love
1: that you said what we turned it into too, because it, really, again, we don't have a set of rules as to how. A convention is built and how a community reacts and responds it just became that it is racist so what are we gonna do about that okay let's acknowledge that it's a problem look at where our gaps are find solutions act on them have something that is actionable and sustainable um, so that it can be effective for years to come so you know very important stuff but I feel like there's something else I was gonna bring up based on something that you said I'm gonna think about it for a second. It was relevant. (laughs) Okay, Um, so you know, god damn it, Uh, it's about our harassment policy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It was here and then it left. Uh, I I give so okay, I give so many goddamn interviews, (laughs) sort of a thing, and. People are always asking about the statistics. Like, how many people at this con reported that they were harassed? And how many people get sexually assaulted at conventions? And I'm like, first of all, fuck you, do your own research.
0: (laughs) Uh, Second of all, that sounds very, uh, like, it sounds like somebody really wanting to put the blame on someone.
1: Well, you know, the thing is that we can never know. Yeah. never know how many of these incidents happen and it's I think it's a really ignorant question to ask Absolutely. Like, are you going to ask me how many people are raped in this country every year I can't give you that answer I in good faith I can't tell you a number because it's way way fucking higher than that and you don't even know it's unfathomably higher than that yep. you know like how how dare you not like understand what survivors go through when we see that this is happening on this scale so yeah. having numbers to show conventions this is how shitty your harassment policy is this is how shitty your lack of inclusion of black people is by giving them statistics it kind of soothes some people and it really pushes some to act to see the hard ass numbers yeah so,
0: like, like, like we gotta do it <laughs> hopefully that can give somebody that come to jesus moment of Okay, like like people can look at that and be reasonable. Like if you're friends with somebody, you're their best friend and you do something shitty, I want them to tell me I did something shitty.
1: Yeah. Like accountability.
0: <laughs> accountability. Like I my website was not super friendly when we started. I used language I'm not proud of. But
1: yeah, you owned up to it. I own
0: that shit. Like, like it was a mistake,
1: and then you, you know, you apologized, you owned up to it, and then you take the next step, and you make sure that nobody has to go through that bullshit. Exactly. If it's ever again.
0: Exactly, and this is the same thing. It's all you're yeah. really at. Like, it's not so much as trying to have malice and shaming people. It's just saying, look, this is what the numbers show. This is what you've done. Like, yeah. this is all we're saying. I'm not make I'm not going to go out here and make a judgment. I'm just yeah. saying, this is what you've done. This is what we know.
1: Right. And there's, there's always going to be pushback, too. Obviously, you know, yeah. People are, people are always going to be like, especially white people, are going to be like, oh, I can't believe I haven't done this before. I feel so guilty about what I've done. Shut up. Stop it. It's not about you. <laughs> not about you. At fucking all. So oh. just just look at this. Put a plan into action and change. Yeah, like
0: that's all you it can You could takes. apologize
1: on top of it too. That'd be great because black people certainly could use an apology. Yeah,
0: like apology apologizing is nice, but the action actions can be apologies too. Yes. yes if you wanna absolutely. say if you wanna say you're sorry on top of it, fantastic. If you don't have that within you and you just wanna make the changes, fine.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah, I feel that, you know, the actions speak louder than words thing is yeah. really applicable to this atmosphere, so yeah i I would love for conventions to fucking do a thing uh, and you know for to their credit there are a lot of conventions that have really stepped up once they saw about the harassment policy so i'm mm-hmm. I'm really hoping that they see you know their statistics in terms of representation and you know kind of open their eyes to that as well if they're not already opening them and again, never out of malice, I never assume that you know, well, you're absolutely a white supremacist because you never invited a black cosplayer again. Right, right. Whatever. Like, no, I'm not going to assume that you were doing that intentionally. If you were, you're a fucking asshole, but, um, you know, I'm going to assume that it was probably more like you wanted to give, you know, such and such a cosplayer recognition for their work, or maybe somebody you you met at another convention, you really, you know, they guessed all the time you want to give them that opportunity. Like, it never really happens you know, on purpose, but we need to be mindful of it. Exactly. Especially now. And just moving forward, we cannot afford to keep things the way that they are in this community. Mm-hmm. So.
0: <laughs> <It's>, <laughs>
1: Not for anybody. Not for anybody. It's
0: Yeah. Like I, I can't make a stronger statement than that. Like that's like, like, I, I, the, the work that you're doing, the the work that you are continuing to do, and the work going forward, I think, is going to be hugely important to to the future of what cons are doing. And I really, really hope more and more. Like, I hope that report card gets filled out even more. Uh, I want to see more sixes, like, because it's it's really important. And it sounds like you're you are having an influence, and that is good. Uh, And and hopefully that that continues to be the trend, uh, because we need good like this in these weird nerd circles, uh, where where so much shit goes unchecked. um, That, yeah.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, and, you know, when we got some of our first, you know, conventions reaching out to us and saying, how can we, you know, improve, or have we improved enough for a six, it was really like, oh, oh, we're we're actually doing the damn thing. We're a
0: force for good. We
1: did it. Like we've, we made it guys, but you know, obviously there's, there's always going to be work to be done. Yes. We'll never be done doing all of this because it's always going to be a struggle, but I would love to have more sixes on there and anybody listening. If you are navigating to that page and you see that a con that you, you know, go to, or that you wanted to go to is not on that page. Just let us know, email us and we'll get it up on the page. And, you know, you don't have to score it. We do the scoring ourselves. Just let us know you want to see, you know, no name con up on the page and we'll get it up there. It is really an act, you know, this happens because people tell us which conventions they want to see held accountable mm-hmm. um, for better or worse because, you know, some of them are doing great things, but um, there are so many conventions. We could never possibly attend them all. We would like your experiences um, to help ours and you know help us help you in the best way that we can, which at the time, you know, from all the things that we're doing—from article writing to you know sharing to going on podcasts and talking about this stuff—to mm-hmm. you know the statistics, it really does come down to those report card pages. Um, those are the things that are actually making the change for the people in charge. Now, we love having resources for survivors who are not in charge of things as well, mm-hmm. but the change has to happen starting somewhere.
0: Yeah, it's got to start from the inside. um, Mm -hmm. and, And the work that you're doing, again, I think is definitely influence. It's starting to influence that. Um, even if it started with a small ripple, like I see this as something yeah. that can go much bigger. Uh, and the fact that you are now an LLC, I think, kind of gives it more legitimacy. Uh, it makes it more of something that people need to kind of get keep their eyes on. I think, and, and and I and I'm really hoping that moving forward, that that is a positive uh, for for not only you, but but for everybody going to cons and engaging in this community.
1: Thank you so much for your support. That means so much to hear
0: good stuff it's good stuff hey you want to lighten it up a little bit how about we light ah, let's take a breath ah, how does that feel that feels nice that feels nice so so beyond the world of cosplay beyond advocacy and dance surely there are things that you engage with where it's just like finally it's it's tricksy time i get to do what i want what are some things that you like to just do some chilling with
1: oh my fucking god let's go back to Stardew Valley alright alright I love <laughs> games like that so much and the new um it's not Harvest Moon anymore it's Story of Seasons A Story of Seasons came out Yeah, Story of Seasons yeah it's um it came out and I I've been dying to like get it and play it but we've been trying to grind so hard to get you know our llc off mm-hmm. the ground that it's been like okay i'll just put it off i don't want to do that and then i'll just be like well stardew's basically the same thing so i'll go Good. play that
0: let's go consider it a reward for for having come this far you know you got the llc stuff out of the way there's your reward Go, go, go grab, yourself. Yeah. Go grab yourself.
1: <laughs> here as a reward pay more money pay more money <laughs> to do the thing yeah but you know what? it's it's worth it in the end because I didn't play games for a, a good number of years mm-hmm. um you know during and after college it was really hard to get into something like that but I feel like not that it's mind-numbing but it's just so simple and the stakes are so very low yeah that I can play it without getting anxious hmm. and that's great yeah so i like to usually come home and you know immediately after work i'll plop on the couch and get a day or two of stardew out before we have dinner and move on with the rest of our day but um it's it's really it's been a godsend i gotta say like i have what like 400 hours in it maybe and i've just been playing it for about a year so
0: you are like rivaling my fantasy star online time now (laughs) I've got, yeah, a little bit. I got thousands of hours in that. You're gonna have that in Stardew.
1: <laughs> yeah, a little bit. And that's like you know, we've been playing other games too. We've gone through Berseria. Yeah. Um we're on our second playthrough of it together, um, because you know, we hadn't had a PS four to play it on mm-hmm. together um when Allie moved in. So, um, you know, I I I love playing through the games that we love yeah. together for the first time. That's pretty cool. Um so, yeah, I, I'm a gamer girl. Yeah, but I don't think I'll ever do any sort of like streaming thing unless, mm-hmm. unless, and I've been thinking about this a little while because one of my friends, um, SM Zelda Rules, um, she does a lot of streams and um, she has a lot of the same interests and series. And mm-hmm. uh, she she got interested in Tales of Berseria. And I was like, I would love to do like some sort of a charity stream or something where CSSN is involved in a playthrough of Tales of Berseria because I have so many thoughts that are just related
0: to. I think that would be really cool yeah. to watch, and, and definitely tying it to that, and kind of maybe making it like a fundraiser kind of thing. Like, oh, you could yeah. absolutely pull that off. I think.
1: Yeah, I, I really think that that would be a, a cool, fun thing to do. Maybe when we're actually, you know, getting a fund together for yeah. the, the proper nonprofit thing.
0: Yeah, like that would definitely yeah. be a cool thing to do. As much
1: as it is nonprofit, y'all, it costs money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, like that's been the biggest thing holding like, us back. So, might as well do the dang thing. Do I the, the dang
0: thing. thing. Do the dang thing. That's obviously, like, like non-investment, not a lot of stakes. That's why I read a lot of visual novels these days, is that that's nice. That's nice, low impact, and it's just like, you know, kind of thing. I like more narrative-focused things these days anyway, so,
1: yeah. It's exciting, you know? I, I, I love visual novels because of, you know, the, the fact that you know I've always been interested in stories <laughs> over gameplay for the most part, Um so I guess I'm a fake gamer girl. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but like, you know, it, having something like a JRPG is fun, but you do have to wrangle the battle system. Yep. Um, and for Tales, which is very active, it's like you need to find, you know, a character that you work very well with, and then suddenly the story requires you to play as the main character if you haven't mained them for the last, like, 32 hours or like, a very important battle. Whoops. I've got to know how to do this. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> I Put this back on easy. I don't. I don't care. Um, I love visual novels. They're they're fantastic. And like we've said, like we have a shared love of Uchikoshi's yep. works, and yep. I really think they've shaped the visual novel as a genre, um, specifically. So I, I think and I have. I, mm-hmm.
0: th- I think either Somnium Files in and of itself is like this huge progression of what the visual novel can be presentation wise, because it's not like any other visual novel that I've played before. Uh, it has an incredibly. Uh, uh, There's like a weird point-and-click kind of thing to it, but it's also very cinematic in a way that most visual novels aren't. Um, And and it's really cool that he got to finally produce something that that looks and and, and is produced that well because I feel like Zero Time Dilemma is very much sort of the genesis of what he was trying to do there. And then I, The Somnium Files is more of a perfection of that idea.
1: Yep, and I I really hate that the budget was not permitted to be put into zero time dilemma yeah the way it, it really could have been something special if they'd had that kind of time and attention yeah um i still love the fuck out of it i do too it's how i met my wife like i will always appreciate that game right um so you know but it it's true somnium files really did take some strides in terms of you know the cinematic aspects and i loved it i i could not you know stop thinking about it when we were playing it i had to get to the ending. And then the ending is so
0: good! The ending is so incredible. Like we, like I said, I streamed that entire game blind, and it's one of the most amazing streaming experiences I had, because there were people there just kind of following along. A couple of the voice actresses were in my chat at times. I was like, what is going on? And like, it's like 3 in the morning, we get to the end of the game, we finish it, we wrap it up, and then the credits start rolling. I just lose my fucking mind. Like, I'm done! I'm done! I can't do this anymore! (laughs) You finally killed me!
1: Yep, absolutely. Just cry every time. Yes!
0: Every fucking time. Like, I cried so many times on stream, and that's just, like, not something I do, or I, like, I I would not hit the mute button fast enough. It's like, oh, fuck. They got me.
1: Oh, yeah. You know, honestly, it's almost on par to the orphanage in Hamilton.
0: Yes! Yes! Oh, my god.
1: (laughs) Spoiler alert, because I just wanted <laughs> to talk about the fact that it's a dance number. I fucking love it. It's Bollywood style. Like everybody's dancing at the end, except for Pewter, who that... was apparently not in jail, Uchikoshi has said posthumously. Yeah, uh, that's real. When... that time. What did you just not show up to fucking rehearsals? Come on, Pewter, you're dead. Yeah. You should be in the theater. Yeah, like there is no reason
0: he is not fabulous enough to be in that dance.
1: I know, I know, seriously. So I was I was sad about that only. Mm. <laughs> but the whole rest of it. Oh my God. God.
0: What an incredible piece of work.
1: Yeah, Yeah, definitely. I cannot,
0: I cannot wait to see what he is, he is into next. I know, I know that, 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 uh, death March club is, is coming out sometime this year or next year. Uh,
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure about that one in terms of how interested I'll be until I see some of the content. Yeah. Yeah. But, but it could be really cool. You know, I'm, I'm, I put my faith in Uchikoshi for whatever he decides to do next, because he has not, steered me wrong yet
0: yeah well, he he uh he also wrote uh, a scenario in uh, the visual novel i'm reading right now um uh, mm-hmm. it's 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 a collection of steinsgate um spin-off uh stories and he wrote one of them uh near the end so i'm really excited to get to that and see just like what he's doing with this established set of characters in this world right. in this world that's already weird and fucked up because of time travel and it's just like you've picked the perfect author
1: absolutely i mean but at that point if it's toward the end of the set how many people's parents can he make
0: some character exactly. <laughs> 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 oh my god please let that happen god. please let that happen
1: <laughs> i just it's so him to have that happen yeah. oh my god i'll never forget too when we were playing somnium files um we started to catch on to what was going on i spoiled myself because i felt like i needed to know just in case and i'm also extremely phobic, so like mm-hmm. i need to know straight up is somebody gonna bomb in any scene in this game right refer to it at all because i will need to leave um, <laughs> yeah Especially since there was like you know eye trauma and everything, some people get very squicked out by that, yep. and that you know will set them off, and that will set me off. So, um, so but Ali made some reference to like, oh God, what what was the exact thing that you said? Like he was he was my brother, like <laughs> <laughs> my brother. He was like a father to me. I called him <laughs> uncle or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh that's good and then you play it and you're like what the fuck (laughs) what is going on she like oh my god and we laughed about how yeah ha 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 maybe that'll be how it actually happens and then it did what an
0: absolute genius and even when it happens you're still surprised
1: right oh it's so fucking good oh my god the only thing that I'm sad about is that I think that you know Saito Date is hotter than Date Date.
0: I agree. I agree. I agree. One hundred and fifty percent. I agree. <laughs>
1: Why did you have to do that
0: to us, Gucci Oh, it's, it's, I understand that it's a great it's a great plot reveal. It's a great plot point to make, but so man, he was he was a lot cuter before. Yeah, <laughs> he wants to go see some
1: fireworks. Well, tell him to go downtown because they keep, uh, you know, setting off fireworks.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's not going to be any shortage there. Jeez.
1: Yeah, oh. <laughs> I thought about that. And I was like, this could be a funny tweet or too spoilery or too niche. Or too so niche.
0: Think... <laughs> Yeah.
1: <laughs> or too insensitive because really it is very fucking disturbing. Yeah,
0: right. you. yeah, so, yeah.
1: Humor is a coping mechanism. And I, I I, do that in my spare time too. I I've... make a lot. Jokes.
0: Yeah, like if, if if I am one of the most self-deprecating people you will ever meet, uh, and it is a coping mechanism, absolutely. <laughs>
1: yep, yep, definitely. <laughs> so puns are my
0: uh oh, you know, poison. I think people, <laughs> like, people so, might know but me. But it's, <laughs> it's
1: one of those things where like people will be like, "Oh, you love puns," well then come up with a pun. I'm like, that is not how it works.
0: It's not how it works. I I I throw puns out like every day but they, yeah. they, they they like I don't sit there and like you can't put me on the spot and make me make up one because my brain don't work that way no, <laughs> they come to me naturally
1: yeah like, i mean like
0: you can't force I comedy I have, genius I have
1: one, one go to pun joke that i tell and mm-hmm. that's like you know oh i submitted um 10 puns to a contest um for the best pun and i really was hoping that i was Gonna win, or at least one of them, um, but no pun intended. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, that's not the best delivery I've <laughs> ever had on
0: this, but. <laughs> the, the, the message gets across really well.
1: Yeah, it's, it's pretty great. <laughs> like, so? And it's just so, like, me, like, it's believable, like, ah, I submitted my puns, and.
0: Yeah, like, <laughs> and you have people sitting there thinking for a second, did you really do that? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Like, I love those kind of puns where you had me in the first half, and then de- then it devolves into the joke. Those are my favorite ones to construct, where it's like, it's believable for a few seconds, and then I hit you with something really stupid.
1: Oh, yeah. Allie always knows when my bad jokes are coming because I make a face. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: so, I'll be like, <laughs> you
0: know, like, yeah. like raised eyebrows. It's coming! It's coming!
1: No. It's coming! It... <laughs> oh, such a good time! Yeah. Good. Good time. God, what the fuck else do I do other than play video games and do all the cosplay advocacy bullshit uh, and make jokes? um You're a cat mom. I'm a cat. You're a cat mom. mom. Now I'm a cat mom. Nice. Oh, my. Abby is the cutest cat. She has her own hashtag, Abby Salute Unit. Yes. Yeah, she's, <laughs> she's one of the largest cats you will ever see. She, she <laughs> is huge. But she's gotten she's gotten smaller over the course of being here with with us. I'm um, gonna lift her up. Oh boy, I don't know. Do do you want to go for me? it? Go for it. Okay. Let's see. Oh God, Abby, please don't kill me. A
0: herculean feet of strength here.
1: Oh God, she's lying down. She's like sleeping. So.
0: Aww. She's
1: I know she. She's up. She's <laughs> such a choker.
0: Look at this chalker! Oh, she's
1: so no. blurry.
0: <laughs> she wants none of this.
1: <laughs> I'm so sorry, baby. Thank you for coming on the stream. Thank you. And she like she doesn't make noises on cue either or anything. Right. I wish
2: had you. I knew. She's like,
1: oh, are you okay? Oh, she comes over to me. I'm I'm her like, emotional, emotional support, support human. Aww. She's like anytime other mother does something that I don't like, I'm fairly scared. I gotta come to Mama's seat. That's why. I was up, I hate being up. <laughs> we have our own voice working out. It's <laughs> I'm leaving this in. <laughs> this is too cute. Yes, I'm the cat. Yes, my name is Abby. Abigail von Catnip.
0: That's a very good name. Very refined.
1: Oh yes, and of course it's extended. You know, exactly. Esquire, Esquire, <laughs> Empress Abigail von Kat- <laughs> Abigail Danger von Katniss, Esquire the Third. <laughs> I don't know why that's after the lawyer part, but um, maybe you're a doctor too. Exactly,
0: could be, could be.
1: You can tell me all the things. Here, here's some socks. Have my socks. There you go. Thank you. Thank you for coming on to sleep, Abby. I didn't like being up.
0: <laughs> up is not we're very pleasant right now.
1: Yeah. I was worried, though, when, when she first came to live with me. Um, I'm extremely allergic to right. pretty much everything. Oh, and, um, no. You know, You're I'm one of those people
0: that. like me, then. I, I'm allergic to fucking dust.
1: Yeah, me too. Oh, good, to good, good, good. <laughs> Cockroaches, they tested me for. Apparently, I'm allergic. Yep. So does me no good really because no. i'm not around any cockroaches yeah thankfully
0: i have i don't have that problem
1: yeah thank god um but yeah I, I guess over the past year and a half i've I've gotten used to her in particular when we go over to other friends houses sometime in the future when that's a thing again yeah if that happens um i always find that like my allergies kick back up in a bad way i'm like oh, oh I can't no breathe. Like, oh no Oh, I definitely just got used to my cat. Yeah. Not everyone's cat. Mm. So I'm back at square one. One. Yeah. So, but, um, yeah, I love my cat. She's cute. She's fat. I'll post more pictures, as I always do. So if you're on Twitter, you can check out her hashtag. Again, it's Abby Salute Unit.
0: You you will be witness to some of the cutest blep in the world.
1: Oh, my God. she And she does so much more than Black, too. Oh, she just rolled over on her back a little bit. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it's like she knows. She's like, oh, you're talking about me, the cat? Yeah, let me do something really cute so you will be committed to me,
0: the cat. Attention <laughs> has now been refocused. This is a cat podcast. <laughs>
1: yes, perfect. Yeah, we were actually like, is Abby the mascot for CSSN? Could Abby be the mascot for Could be. Yeah. Why not
0: the cosplay cat? The cosplay cat, yeah, What's I like the that idea. Cosplay
1: cat, like who wants to be the you know? Oh no,
0: that would be terrible. Like I was, I'm always weirded out by people that dress their cats up in weird costumes. I I can't like, think that that's always comfortable.
1: Like why why do you make that your thing? Why can't you just have your own cat's personality and then maybe they occasionally do a funny cosplay or something? Yeah, you know that reminds me of the the picture that I have of her in a little bunny ears. Oh headband that she wore very briefly <laughs> for for Easter when it happened and uh, she was very mad, but she, she tolerates a, a little bit of cosplay, just not, you know, not for very long and only if there's treats
0: involved. Well, that's, get it? That, that sounds like a fair exchange to me.
1: I mean, who isn't food motivated?
0: Exactly. Bit, exactly. Know? Like, as soon as we're done here, gonna go eat. Not gonna lie.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yep. Same here. I'm probably just gonna have some ice cream and
0: yeah, veg out. There you go! I literally yeah. the first thing that popped in my head was there is a container of Kit Kat ice cream in the fridge that, oh. I, that I have not gotten at.
1: Oh my god. We had the choice of going for the uh, the ice cream cake ice cream or the raspberry today, and I chose the raspberry. Oh, and I won't regret it. You will not regret I, that, no. Next time next time we'll probably go for the ice cream cake again, because that is that's so good. Oh my god. Sweet things, yes.
0: When we're talking about food, we do have a listener question about food. Hey. This comes in from Poncho Smith. He asks, what's the best sandwich? Oh,
1: I remember seeing that one. Yeah.
0: <laughs> he always manages to ask my guests about food.
1: Poncho, thank you for your question. Let's get to the answer, shall we? Um, I like me a good turkey, bacon, lettuce. Not really tomatoes anymore because my stomach can't really it doesn't really like tomatoes anymore. Uh, that that's a good sandwich to me. <laughs> what is objectively the best sandwich? A sandwich that makes people go, "Is that a sandwich?" Like a hot dog.
0: Oh my God! There's li- wow. I've heard that I've heard that like three times this week. I'm not gonna lie.
1: <laughs> I bet I because really like. There's another controversial one I can't remember I should have done my research. I should have done my research, Polly. I didn't do oh, it. No. Um, but, you know, whatever whatever controversial thing. Like, if it's in lettuce, is it a sandwich? Oh. Oh. Ooh. So so edgy or lack of edgy. It's just there.
0: But at least that's like a legitimate question and not the fucking pineapple and pizza bullshit that people pretend to get mad about. <laughs>
1: I love pineapple pizza.
0: It's so Hawaii. good. But to people get like so. People get so dumb about that conversation and act like they're really personally offended by. Like, shut up. No, you're not. Just oh, shut Ellie up.
1: Hated Hawaiian pizza for the longest time. She was like, you "Oh no, can have your own pizza. You do your own thing. I'm gonna get my own pizza. It's fine. You just. It, it's not that I, you know, hate that you're making the choice. It's right. It's it's objectionable. <laughs> it's, it's, it's but I won her over. Donato's pizza. This Yo, pizza? we've we've won over uh, somebody to the Hawaiian pizza side. So welcome to pineapple the pizza.
0: Welcome sure. to planet. Welcome to planet right. <laughs> welcome to planet always correct. Yes, <laughs> welcome I to agree. planet good taste.
1: Honestly, like planet, stay in your own goddamn lane if you don't like it. <laughs> exactly.
0: That's where everybody else should be. <laughs>
1: I don't, I don't care how you feel about this. Exactly.
0: Like, it's so many people have a dumb... Like, it's just that weird thing, though. It's like, that's the one thing people want to bitch about all the time or make a big meme about is pineapple on pizza. And I'm just like, you literally are not as in, as invested in this as you want people to think you are. You oh. are just being an idiot right now.
1: But honestly, if we're going to have devil's advocates, I would much rather have them be in that conversation.
0: You know, it's you're right. I, will ha- I would have 10 thousand devil's advocate conversations about pineapple on pizza than i would anything else that people want to play devil's advocate about on the internet
1: yep any debate need no we're going straight to pineapple on pizza pineapple
0: on pizza that's all that is the only thing we debate in this house (laughs) (laughs) right
1: we don't debate it anymore
0: (laughs) no we don't debate it anymore but i will happily debate you about pineapple on pizza oh yeah as long as we don't have to debate about anybody's rights Yes. Oh, God, the internet sucks, Trixie. God.
1: really fucking sucks. And, you know, I feel like a lot of people who think that it sucks for the wrong reasons are the people who are like, oh, the internet before was, was so, so
0: much, much better.
1: So much better. Yeah, because you could anonymously harass and dox and, you know, stalk people and be a fucking complete asshole. Yeah. And not be held accountable for it. That's why you like the internet before.
0: Yeah. Like, the, the lack of accountability, and, like... It's, yeah, it's
1: t- it tells me everything I need to know about you, if that's your opinion. Like, yeah. Really, yeah,
0: yeah, like, I know exactly what conversations I need to immediately bail on these days. The, the 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 pieces of shit make it really easy to know they're pieces of shit. Like, I don't have to play the long con game very much anymore to know somebody's an asshole.
1: Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. You know, Twitter kind of made everything happen so fast, yeah. people are quick to be like hey, I have an asshole opinion. Okay, blocked. What? Nice. You're
0: gone! Later! Like, it's so much easier. Like, and just in the, even in the past few weeks, it's been so easy. Like, the trash literally takes itself out right now. Like, it's the easiest yeah. trash job I've ever had in my life. It's just... You're just taking yourselves up the curb. That's fantastic.
1: I'm like... I, I have not checked to see if I'm on any, like, blockchains or anything, but, uh-huh. like, I wish that people would just leave me the fuck alone when it comes to, like talking about all the advocacy stuff you know right every once in a while i'll get a troll in my mentions for the most part people behave themselves but it's it's one of those things like you know i can't i can hardly imagine being a larger creator than i am mm-hmm. having to deal with larger numbers of people who are having bad faith arguments um for you know things that involve people's rights their yeah. basic human fucking rights like how how you handle that and i know that that's probably why bigger name creators don't often you know, they're not often as vocal about that sort of thing, but whatever fuck it, I don't care, I don't need to have more than 2,000 followers combined, like whatever it's, it, as long as CSSN is fine, and getting out there and doing things, fine, it's whatever it's good. There you
0: go okay. it's, a, it's, it's all you could ask for, really
1: yeah, okay. pretty much, so
0: we got one so. final listener we got one final listener, listener question this comes Perfect. from my this comes from my wifey, Iffy. Uh, She thanks you for all the work you do at CSSN and your outspokenness regarding the cosplay community and and harassment towards other people. Uh, She wants to know that, like, even with cons being canceled, she's still got the itch to cosplay. How are you enjoying your cosplays outside of a con environment? or How would you go about that? What would would be your advice to her about that?
1: Thank you so much for the question, and I'm I'm very honored that you feel that way about my work. Thank you. Um, So... Yeah, there have been a lot of um, things going around uh, in terms of memes and uh, trends that I've seen. A lot of people in um, fandoms have been doing past the brush videos, and you know, just kind of having fun with putting on their cosplays in their rooms or taking shoots outside in their yard or wherever they can do it. Um, I've also known a couple photographers to do like kind of long, like social distancing shoots where they're not close to you, Mm -hmm. you know, within that. Range and um you know being as Responsible as they can be I feel like for me personally My route has been mostly Take a break You know kind of all right I really did need this break from cosplay Because by the time that Miss Rona showed up um I Was like trying to plan For Teco I want to say Was next um before it was Postponed and then again postponed Mm -hmm. Um and it was starting to get a little bit difficult to to handle everything that was happening in the world and at my work and um, you know thinking about, oh my God, you know, my cosplays. And I'll be honest too, I my body, like I've said before, it's not exactly as functional or active as it once was. and that is a hard thing to deal with, especially when it comes to not fitting into cosplays. Um, and that has unfortunately been the case for me recently. And cosplay has sort of become difficult for me to think about for a little while. Like I had a couple months there where I was like, if I don't, you know, get my active body back, I don't know if I want to cosplay anymore. But then I remembered that's an extremely toxic mindset that is not, you know, what I want to tell people, you know, for themselves. So why am I thinking about that, you know, in that sphere? Um, Aside from, you know, all the, cptsd things in my head from you know growing up and diets that i went on and all that bullshit like you know i just want to be functionally active again to where i feel like i can dance um and with that i I want to feel like i can cosplay whatever i want because it is not it should not be you know an image like a an attractiveness meter um, should not be the, the measure of your cosplay and your experience so for anybody out there who might also be struggling maybe you know maybe you switched medication which I, I changed my dosage and that sort of affected me too um, if, if maybe you know you're depressed if you just you know ate more food from being home or if you ate less food from being home or not having access to it if you can't fit into your cosplays right now it sucks but it's not the end of the world and there are ways that you can, you know, cosplay other things in the meantime if you don't feel comfortable, you know, wearing the same outfit at a different size than you are, whatever that might be. Um, so, you know, I'm trying to, to find ways to, to be inspired by designs for certain reasons. Like I said, I want to do Mizuki and I feel like I chose that design and that really inspired me because it is more full coverage. And right now when I'm dealing with my body Changing constantly, like I, I had a stomach issue in 2018 that caused me to gain a, or lose a lot of weight rapidly, very rapidly, and it was kind of worrisome. Hmm. But I fit in my cosplay, so whatever, right? But right. no, that, no, not really healthy,
0: not healthy, not healthy
1: at all. If you think that, mm, please, please please talk to somebody a professional about it because that was not a good thing to feel at all no. um then i you know i slowly had been gaining that back and then a little bit of a spike and you know so it's my body has changed so much in the last two years and you know it feels weird to look at pictures of me in 2015 even when i was very active i was still dancing i was still partially teaching you know i was i was on my feet all the time and um you know, just doing, doing, doing things. Um, and, and I was very fit and it's hard to see that and then compare to, you know, how I feel about myself right now, trying to sit in the uncomfortableness of it, trying to live with it. Um, it's challenging. It's something that I don't often talk about and I don't often get the chance to talk about it. So thank you for this platform. Absolutely. But, um, you know, it, it's a reality that I feel like cosplayers experience but don't necessarily talk about there there is a lot of pressure to look canon whatever that means to people Mm. it's usually used in fat phobic and racist ways oh yeah 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 Um, but you know but in my mind for a very long time i was like well i can only cosplay this you know bikini character if i am you know if i look like a certain way and i'm trying to you know live with myself the way I am right now and that can change you know you never know what life is gonna throw at you My body is very elastic it likes to do all of the things all the time um, so trying to find a, a way to express myself within characters that still make me feel safe and comfortable. Um, so that that's like that's been my experience really with all of this that's been going on mm-hmm. I wish I could say that yeah you know, we don't have cons. So I've been working out my cosplays. Mm -mm. I didn't pick up a single thing until about this week. So it was pretty tough, um, sort of think about all the things that I was missing out on, but then also a breath of fresh air to say, I don't have to get this done by a certain date. I don't have to look this way because, you know, a con is coming up and I have some preconceived notion of how I should look. Um, so it's, it's good and bad. It's about taking it one day at a time. And I hope that, you know, if anybody feels even remotely similar to that, if you're struggling with anything, like, you're not alone. This shit happens all the time to people outside of the cosplay community, but when it comes to your costumes and wearing characters that mean a lot to you and maybe you can't fit in that right now, that that really fucking sucks. And that's really esoteric. It's, It's something that's really it belongs to cosplayers we understand it and fucking assholes on the outside of cosplay who don't cosplay themselves or who you know might just do it casually and not really think about people who who do it more as a i hate to say lifestyle but as a as a more intense hobby maybe Mm -hmm. um you know if if they're coming in and saying well why can't why are you wearing this character did you gain too much weight or lose too much weight for it?" it it's like Fuck off. That is not your business, really. Like you have no business telling me what my body should or shouldn't look like and my expression of my character is perfect and complete the way that it is. Think about that. Think about, you know, the possibility of that being your reality and little by little you might, you know, start to change the way that you're thinking and and that can lead to a much better things. So, again, I'm not perfect.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have
1: these challenging thoughts all the time. Um to the point where you know i i I really don't like to talk about it um on twitter anywhere where people can comment on it because god i do not want the the discourse on something that i'm still struggling with um fairly majorly yeah who
0: wants to be the fucking discourse when you're like living in the middle of this shit already like you don't want no nobody wants that that's terrible
1: Absolutely, absolutely, and you know, not to mention people who are plus size in the cosplay community already face so. much. Oh
0: my god,
1: it I just... sucks so much. Not and not even just from like the comment sections, but even finding cosplays. Like people say, oh, you can just buy it from China, like, and you whoa. Know, you no, they don't like to accommodate larger sizes, no. and it sucks. So you know, it's it's a struggle to be a cosplayer when your body is not a certain. Skinny type. Yeah,
0: like or- if 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 you literally don't look like the twigs from the anime, uh, things are gonna be difficult. There's gonna be challenges along the way.
1: Yeah. I mean it doesn't mean that you have to feel like no. you're right for the character, but Not maybe, at all. it's something that I struggle with, so maybe other people struggle with it too.
0: It, it's something that you struggle with on a personal level. It's something that people are going to fucking point out because people are shitty. Uh, it, yeah. it is. It's an unfortunate reality of. of...
1: Brace myself for. You know, I always feel like you know the voice in my head is meaner than the people saying things in real life, and for the most part, that's that's true. Mm-hmm. But like, I'm still like bracing for the asshole who's going to be like, "Why did you look like this in 2015?" And you know, you look like you ate a version of yourself now. Like, oh, uh... I. Nobody has said that to me, <laughs> and God, if you say it to me now, I'll just laugh and think you're referencing this. But. <laughs> I feel like in the cosplay community, I'm always bracing myself for that eventuality that somebody is going to be as shitty to me as people were when they ran me off the internet in 2010, and I'm going to yeah. feel like I should stop cosplay, but I can't now. I have a business.
0: Yeah, like this is a, a much bigger part of your life now. Uh, it's it's very uh, center to who you are and how you put yourself out there. Um, I think it's I think it's going to be a lot harder to try and run you off now, given that there's this huge burst of confidence now and you have so much such high stakes uh yeah, in what I you do the now
1: it's the thing that i think about constantly too is like i i feel like i need to have a way out just in case like right. just in case i don't feel like cosplaying when we're going to a convention i need i want to make sure that maybe it's not in my contract that i have to cosplay as a cosplay guest or you know that i make sure that i can you know wear something that's that resembles a cosplay, like maybe oh, it's a Gijin-ka. it's an OC.
0: Yeah, like like uh, my 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 friend Iffy, who just asked the question, she's very into yeah. the idea of creating. Um, like like we know that the costumes characters wear a lot of the time, lot of flair, lot a very impossible, a very annoying to work with. She is oh, very yeah. she is very into the idea of creating casual looks for the characters that she likes, and she's very good at it. Um, I love that. And like that's oh, that's such... So yeah. That's a really cool idea to approach cosplay. It's just like, like, okay, fine. Like, if you've only got like maybe, a, maybe if maybe you only have like to work with a wig or something, but you can flesh out the rest and still make it look very similar. Uh, yeah. But it's just a, it's a more casual look, and I think that that's a really cool and fun idea and a fun way to approach cosplay.
1: Absolutely, I fucking love it. Let's do it. I mean, I've I've had an idea for casual Velvet Crow in my head for a very long time. Um, you know, just like. I don't even. I don't even. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it, and then you'll know. Um, But then, like that, makes me think about when when Magfest rolled around after I was sick, you know, with the stomach illness, and like I was starting to recover. Mm -hmm. And Magfest is a huge con for me. Oh yeah. I usually try to get the majority of the shops that I need for the rest of the year in that one con, and that puts a lot of pressure on it. But I was like, I know that I cannot wear velvet for more than maybe four or five hours tops mm. because i will be exhausted i cannot eat too much so i can't physically you know fuel up for yeah. the experience that is all of the armor and the the wig is heavy as fuck
0: god yeah i have to imagine that's a mop yeah. of hair
1: it, it 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 grew to be like several mops of hair oh my I, I god it, it, it was it was long Trust me, it was very long, but now it is a monster. It is five foot one. Jesus <laughs> And I three. So, yeah, it's um, it, it's a lot to wear. So I sort of scheduled in, like, okay, I'm going to stop wearing that version of Velvet at one or two or whatever the time was. And then I'm going to wear her pajama version. Yeah. That, and get no pictures of it because nobody knows what I am. And <laughs> I'm <gonna get> it. <laughs> Actually, Fee said um, that she wants to do uh, the pajama Luffy set, and I was like, "Fuck, we gotta do that! Do tomorrow. it!" Like, Finally, a reason to get pictures and do yeah. it. You
0: know,
1: that's right actually now. awesome. Yeah, yeah. So I I want to do that. I feel like I need to give myself more space to do that sort of a thing for characters when I don't feel like I can, you know, wear whatever else that they wear, or when I feel, you know, like I just need to cover something differently. Yeah, some yeah, way.
0: yeah. Comforting, comfort, thing. comfort in cosplay. Weird that that exists. Comfort, hardly. <laughs> We're not fun? even
1: comfortable right now. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I, I hope that everybody's dealing with all of this okay. I know it's really it's sad to hear about all the conventions closing and you know rescheduling for next year. But as much as I shit on con chairs for not doing enough for our harassment policies and you know accountability it is really difficult to run a convention and it is very expensive and you lose a lot of money if you just up and cancel out somewhere, as opposed to the city telling you, Hey, it's not legal to have this. So, you know, you might have to wait a little longer than you want to, to hear whether or not the convention is still happening. Um, but you know, give these people time and space. There's not a lot that they can do. Um, they're, you know, as professional as they can be for, our corner of the universe so please give them respect as we wait to hear the fate of all of our favorite conventions
0: yeah so it's it's rough times but you know at least we got each other to get through it right
1: that's right, and I'm so glad we met. I can't even tell you. Like, I felt like I've known you forever. It's been an
0: absolute joy. Not not only recording this podcast, but getting to know you over the last few weeks. Just an instant connection. Just like, we are so, we are so zoned in on so many of the same things that it's rad as fuck.
1: Yeah, I've, I fucking loved every bit of this conversation so far. Yeah. I think there's nothing in here that, you know that stands out to me as, like, you know, oh, this is a generic conversation that I've had 50 times before with, you know, outlets that didn't give me half the
0: exposure. <laughs> like, like, we are we are bordering on three hours. My longest guest on an interview was an hour 47. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is a chonker of an episode. So,
2: I am
0: super fucking honored. And I'm happy to have had this entire conversation because I feel that we... we We've touched upon every facet of what you do that I wanted to touch upon, and I wanted you to tell it with as much verbiage as you could, and you wanted to. Like that, that's why these episodes work for me, is that it's people telling their stories, not me trying to extract them. So you've been a wonderful guest in that regard. So thank you for having a big old blabbermouth.
1: Oh! Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was looking forward to this the minute I saw that email come in.
0: That's I'm, fantastic! Like, because I'm usually I'm usually skittish about asking people that I like I've not had any interaction with uh, yeah. for interviews and stuff. Yeah,
1: mutuals. It's okay. Then they're mutuals that I really like too. So
0: yeah, not... yeah. Like, I think that worked in my favor. Like, I know good people, so so so. Thank you Fee and Tom. You're both good people. We love you very much. <laughs> we love you but, but Trixie I think I think our time I think we've given them what they want
1: <laughs> and then God, so I hope
0: so. <laughs> um, where can our lovely internet citizens find you on the internet so that they can keep in touch they can keep up with what you're doing just plug it all right here and right now
1: alright buckle up everybody everybody get ready here we go <laughs> You're on a road trip. If you are looking for my cosplay stuff, if you want to see my galleries, um, if you want to, you know, see what my credentials have been for guesting, etc., the thing that you're want to gonna want to check out is Trixie.com, my website. T R I C K S S I Trixie.com, straight up. Go there. All the stuff's there. Um, if you want to follow my Twitter, it is at you're never gonna guess Trixie. T-R-I-C-K-S-S-I If you're in it for the dance stuff you can also go to my website under the dance tab and I have shit ton of stuff for dance um, I also have now a separate handle on Twitter to discuss dance related things um, so if you have a question as to whether a song you like from a video game you can dance to yeah ask me that on my Twitter ask me you know when we finally have formal Balls again you can ask about dress codes and all that stuff so that is at Trixie Dances, T-R-I-C-K-S-S-I-D-A-N-C-E-S. Um, that is that stuff. Um, and then uh, if you're interested in both those and advocacy stuff, I also have a Patreon. And that is, here we go, roll, Patreon.com slash Trixie, T-R-I-C-K-S-S-I. All of those are great avenues to find me and follow my work. Um, patrons obviously get you know a first glimpse at pretty much everything that I'm planning um, for all of those domains and um, we recently revamped with some great graphics that SM Zelda rules did for me so I'm really excited to you know sort of revamp and go through my my Patreon adventure Um, even if you don't become a patron I mean like it's just cool to check out the page right yeah right there Um, for the CSSN stuff You are going to want to go to cosplayer-ssn.org. That is C O S P L A Y E R-s-s-n.org. Be sure that you spell it correctly. A lot of people get it, you know, they think it's cosplayers or cosplay or cosplay survivors or something like that, but it's cosplayer-ssn.org. We are also on Twitter. Um, It is cosplayer underscore SSN, um, and we're on Facebook, Cosplayer Survivor Support Network. Uh, You can find our email on our website as well if you have any questions or if you have any cons that you want to suggest that we rate that we haven't rated. If you want to, you know, just um, have a conversation about what happened to you, we are also going to have uh, that form open pretty soon to submit for the accountability page, so stay hooked for that and um go to the policies um report card page and check out that if you can um it's all very easily navigable on our website so thank you that's my spiel that's so
0: much that is so much stuff well i appreciate you giving me the time It has been an absolute blast having this conversation and, of course, getting to know you outside of this. Uh, It's just been fantastic. What
1: an honor. uh, What an honor to know you. Yes.
0: You as well. So with that, we're going to wrap it up and we're going to get out of here. Thanks for listening, everybody.
1: Thank you.